What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Professional Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Gunter. And this show today, uh, without a doubt, had to be one of the most entertaining ones that we've done to date. We were joined by Bubba Jenkins. Bubba's a mixed martial artist who, uh, once all this coronavirus craziness is finally over, uh, is going to be competing in the featherweight division of the Professional Fighters League. I can't wait for that to come back. Uh, Bubba notably has also fought in Bellator. Uh, Most recently, internationally, he was a champion in the Brave Combat Federation. And previously, you might actually recognize him as well. He was the head wrestling coach, which he made sure to correct me on, in season 17 of The Ultimate Fighter, uh, working with John Jones. So in addition to competing, Bubba is currently training a number of UFC fighters. Uh, He just recently moved to Las Vegas, and he talks about it a little bit. He's built an incredible team around him. And one of the things that I really enjoyed was hearing his perspective on the need to, you know, completely round out his arsenal before he jumps into the big show because he gets that question a lot. Why do you turn down your UFC contract? He's like, because he's he wants to be prepared to be a champion. Uh, Before, though, he got into MMA, he was an extremely accomplished amateur wrestler. Uh, He was a freestyle junior world champion while he was in attendance at Penn State. He was a two-time NCAA finalist and All-American. And in dramatic fashion, after a transfer of schools in his senior year, he became the NCAA Division I champion in his weight class in his final match as a senior. So now, if you don't know about Bubba Jenkins... Okay, let me tell you, what you're going to hear today is the stuff that movies are made of. Uh, Between his departure from Penn State, his transfer to Arizona State, coming back, uh, reaching the national championship. I don't want to give anything away. I'm going to let him tell the story himself, but uh, oh, I, I get fired up every time I start talking about it. So with that, uh, for those who've been following along before we get to the interview, as many of you now know, I will be attempting to break the world record for most weighted pull-ups with a hundred pound pack in under a minute on August 7th. And so we've actually nailed down a time. We're going to do it at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, If you want to check it out, for those who've been following along, we're going to broadcast it via Instagram live. Uh, So if you haven't yet, head on over to at the underscore professional athlete. That's the show's Instagram page. I also document all the training I've been doing along the way. And I, I hope what you'll find interesting is a lot of it is trying to incorporate things that we've learned from guests on this show. Okay. Lastly, if you are enjoying the show, please do give us a rating and review. We, we really appreciate it. It goes a long way. Uh, if you prefer to just reach out to us directly, we love hearing from you. So feel free to do that via Instagram or our website. Uh, it's www.kengunter.com. Like I said, we, we always love hearing from you. Okay. This is a long episode. It is <laughs> it is so worth the listen. Uh, Bubba was amazing, completely an open book. And as he said, to know him is to love him. Um, so I don't want to hold this up any longer. So without further ado, let's welcome Bubba Jenkins to the show. Here we go. I got to get up. I got too much to do. Yeah, I gotta get going. I gotta talk to you. It's time to start the show. 
So Bubba, man, thank you. Thank you for joining. I appreciate it. This is going to be fun. Uh, so you're on Vegas right now. What, uh, we started talking about this a little before we got recording, but, uh, you know, for an MMA fighter, like <laughs> what does training look like in a pandemic? Oh man, it's, it's a little bit difficult, you know, um, trying to walk the right lines of being, you know, safe and wearing a mask and yeah. social distancing and, but also, you know, staying ready for whatever may come because, you know, me personally, my organization, I, I, I signed a pretty lucrative deal with the professional fight league. Yeah. And, um, they fight on ESPN too, but they have shut down their organization due to the COVID-19. So they, they're going to open back up next year in February. Oh, um, so it's not until February. So not until February. Oh, I, damn. See, that's so, what I was going to ask you. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, so they're going to, you know, they're putting together a package and things like that for the fighters to help them, you know, monthly and stuff like that. But it's still not what is definitely what you signed for. <laughs> definitely not what I signed for. And I came over as a champion from an organization in Bahrain. Yeah. Um, I did a really good job of trying to be international before, you know, I, I mean, I'm mainstream as far as like, man, I, millions of people saw me pin David Taylor on. on yeah, dude, that, and, and just know I have about five different questions about that very specific <laughs> match. So we'll get to it. If people don't know, they will by the end of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But since I, since I was already in a sense, homegrown and American and um, you know, and then I did the Bellator thing on TV, which they fought on Spike TV and I had, a lot of fights where you know a lot of people knew me and I got some notoriety but I I still as far as skill level didn't feel as I need I was where I needed to be so I wanted ah, to okay. you know kind of humble myself and I was one of the, I not one of I was the number one prospect coming into MMA in 2011 you know yeah. if they had a draft I'm the number one pick you know what right I mean? they don't have drafts in we need to have a draft. We need to have a union. We need to have all that good stuff. But, yeah, um, you know, maybe by the time my son, my son's six, by the time 20 years comes from now, he'd be 26, killing people. In uh, the there we go. I assume. Um, by that <laughs> time, uh, you know, I, I, I pray there's some some backing and support from, you know, from a, a, a group of people, a collaborative group of people who have yeah. the best interests at heart. But um, yeah. where was I going with this? Um where was I headed? No, yeah. So, so you were talking about how right now professional fight league it's yeah. on hold, and so, you were starting to. And this is actually really interesting. You were talking about you, you were building like an international brand because you went over. It was Brave, right? Uh, yeah. Brave CF, yeah, and, and yeah, you, Brave Combat Federation, and yeah, you was know, going all over the world trying to be global, like I was saying. Yeah, and, you know, as I built that global. As I built that global notoriety, and I went to um, a Russian organization, so you got to really have the corners of the world. I went to Russia. I yeah, won I won a junior world championship when I was at Penn State in China. Right. So I was kind of big in China, um, big in China, big in Russia, big in the Middle East. Um, yeah. When I was fighting for the organization in Bahrain, the championship that I won was in Dubai. So that was in the Middle East. And I had been over to Dubai. I had done some business in Dubai. So Dubai was already a, a familiar face of mine um, when it came to business and championships and things like that. Yeah. And, and it is one of the capitals of the world for jiu-jitsu. They have a lot of big tournaments over there. So you wouldn't realize that. But No, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, they have a lot of big tournaments over there. and They're starting to throw a lot of money into that type of okay. And jiu-jitsu blends well with wrestling when you start to add in the fact that they need takedowns to get to going where they need to go. Yeah, so, yeah. 
I digress. Um, <laughs> I built that program, man. After after I got global and after I, I started to think, um, you know, I need to really tone in on my striking ability. I mean, I, I'm mm. one of the, I've gone all over the world. I'm the, one of the best wrestlers in MMA, period. You can't yeah. tell me I'm not. You can't convince me otherwise. Like my credentials, dossier, resume, and everything that says that I'm validated stamps me, right? I'm yeah, approved. absolutely. But as far as my striking goes, me just being an athlete, I never considered myself a wrestler. I considered myself an athlete who wrestled because mm. I, I did have full ride scholarships for football to, you know, division twos and me and Percy Harvin grew up together being a Virginia boy, me, Percy. Oh, Harvin, did you really? I had no idea. Yeah. I, um, Taj Boyd, me, Percy Harvin, Scotty McGee, Taj Boyd. Um, we all played on the same junior, on the same little league team. Oh, together. stop it. Um, there was, uh, we, we, right now that coach, uh, shout out to coach Bruce. He probably has 20 NFL players. I mean, easily. Uh, what, what, I mean, what, what part of Virginia? Virginia beach. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, there's we, a couple of um, a couple of athletes come out of Virginia Beach. <laughs> we are we are the athlete factory, sir. Yeah, dude, it's insane. Um, uh, I, I could go. I, it misses me right now, but I could go on and on about the guys that played uh, in that culture, which was a young culture of great athletes competing at a high level. Like we were like ten traveling and like competing. Dog. Yeah, <laughs> we were yeah. I could have easily went and done the football thing, you know, a couple right. of guys. I mean, Scotty McGee is my size. And I mean, he's, he was one of, one of the best players out of Virginia, in my opinion, but um, he, he was eventually, he became a, a draft pick to Jaguars and things like that. So I saw the motivation. He was a couple of years ahead of me. I saw the motivation mm. of people my size with speed and things like that. That could still, I'm a big Tampa Bay fan. So I was a war done type of fan guy. Oh, dude. You know, the Barber brothers, the Virginia boys being a little bit smaller in stature. I, you know, I was like, eh, I could do this football thing. And then, you know, yeah. huge AI fan. So he's 5'11". Don't let him tell you he's 6'1". And, you know, <laughs> him being from my area, I'm thinking, man, I can ball. I can, uh, you know, I was the captain of the basketball team. I, right, mean, right, I, did, right. I did all those things. So I just happened to, to fall into wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I, athlete all first. Sports, with all those things around me, you know, I I, I, I just happened to fall into wrestling. But hmm. I never considered myself this wrestler who's stuck in this box because so many people have that mindset to be a wrestler or to be the, the sport that is and then lose the whole concept of being an athlete and be a quick learner. I, yeah. I, you give me a sport. You give me the rules. You give me the understanding. To give me the technique, and I'll be great at the sport very soon. You know, yeah. don't take me long to figure out. These are the rules. This is how you win. That's how you lose. <laughs> okay, let's get let's get going with that. So yeah, um, when it when I transfer for football, I've won nationals in football. I've won nationals in wrestling. I mean, we've 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 hit the level of of credentials when it comes to things that I've wanted to do. So yeah, when it comes to competing, I'm very very tuned in to who I am, why I do it, the craft, the, 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 the whole point of practice. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a very biblical man. I believe in Jesus Christ. He's my Lord yeah. and Savior. So when it comes to that kind of thinking, it's a ministry to me. It's, it's, it's behind reason. It's not, I don't just mm. do it for the validation of man. If I wouldn't do it for the validation of man, I'd be an Instagram influencer. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. So, okay. So yeah, so maybe we can start there. Um, and that's so interesting because 
when I think of wrestlers, mm-hmm. I think you're right in that a lot of times, a lot of those guys wouldn't translate well into other sports, right? And so I, I think that probably yeah, like, no. yeah, <laughs> you play basketball with a wrestler, wrestler, you go run your ass you. over, you go for a layup. I'm telling you right now. But, I'm, yeah, I'm picturing yeah, intramurals yeah. right now and just yeah, getting so like checked there's by some 180 pound dude who's like, yeah, exactly. Absolutely, there's a fluidity to it that uh, when you come first with the athletic mindset and not yeah. come first with the sport at hand. There's a lot of corners in the NFL that could be basketball players in the NBA. Yeah, um, for sure. But they've, they've, they've honed their craft. Now, there are also probably some linebackers, but they've toned into the fact that they're linebackers. So they're like, I'm, I'm linebacker, minded linebacker, and thought linebacker, in life linebacker, and driving yeah. linebacker, and eating. I'm a <laughs> linebacker, you know what I mean? So you, you, you got some linebacker friends who never made me even yeah. play football, but if they did, you know, they'd be a linebacker. Be a linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. awesome. So, okay. So, how did you fall into wrestling? What was my it? Just- was a, my dad died when I was nine. And, um, oh, okay. He was a two-time state champion, and for every day for two weeks, I got in a fight um, when mm. I was when I was young. And my my dad was one of eleven. My mom is one of nine, so I have oh, multiple wow. aunts and uncles, and they all were like, you know, this a little angry kid. Put him in wrestling, you know. Yeah. And I was Bubba because I was eleven, twelve pound baby when I was born. Uh-huh. Um, everybody thought I was going to be, you know the rock size <laughs> everybody thought I was going to be Bubba Dave Dudley but um, oh man I ended up not being as big as uh, everybody expected but also <laughs> I was a miracle baby so nonetheless um, I decided to well I didn't decide my family put me in wrestling uh, and this, is, after, this is this is after your dad passed yeah after about okay yeah, yeah so angry and just dealing yeah. with everything yeah yeah yeah, mama, yeah. Mama, can't mama, even imagine mama, black mama didn't want me to be a statistic thing like that you know yeah so, we got into wrestling. We, um, we we excelled very quickly. I was sixty and one my first year. Six six D six zero six, six zero and one. <laughs> okay. I got pinned in the finals of the state tournament. Oh but damn! Okay, everywhere. <laughs> My uncle had a team, and then the area that I wrestled for had a team. So I probably should have only wrestled 15 times, but my uncle was like, yo, he was taking me everywhere. We was going everywhere, whooping everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is me, an African-American kid, and a predominantly white sport, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and in Indiana at the time, and I would say Virginia raised me. Don't get me mm. wrong. I was born in Frankfurt, Germany, but I would say Virginia raised me. Virginia, if say where you from, bro, I would say, bro, I'm from Virginia. But I yeah. started, I started, uh, I would say, I started understanding life. Huh. You know, you know, when you have that moment of like, oh, I remember that. That's the earliest memory I have. Hmm. Is, I started, in, is in Virginia. No, I would say it's in Indiana. Oh, it's in Indiana. Oh, okay. In gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I'm trying to bring the story full circle to the no, I love it, man. Let's go. You got I'm hooked. Indiana, but you're from Virginia. Uh, <laughs> my family was from Indiana. My dad's side of the family was from Indiana. Oh, okay. Got it. You know, and we moved to Indiana and I was young. I, you know, I was really young until waiting to waiting for my father to come back from Africa. Oh, um, yeah. he was a gold miner in Africa. <laughs> Crazy. No way. He was a gold miner in Africa and he was in Ghana um, from 
when I was five to when he died when I was nine, but we left to go to Indiana oh, uh, wow. from Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, there was a couple, we stopped in Hawaii, but we left to go to Indiana to meet up with my father and he died in basically in, in, in process of meeting us in Indiana where his family lived and he oh, died. No way. That's when I got into wrestling. I started wrestling. And after I wrestled for one year, I was 60 and one. At that point, my mom was already in a place of transition of like, you know, this is his family. I need to get to my family. Yeah. And, you know, she was one of nine too. So it wasn't like she was taking us from a big family to like, you know, having no one to go to. I was leaving 61 first cousins to going to go live with another three, <laughs> another 30 in the neighborhood. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had oh, a big wow. family, big on competition, big on competing, you know, big on, you know, being close with family and, and uh, being tight knit. And we left to go to Virginia. And that's what I say what raised me. Like, ah, okay. you know, that's what made me run with the big dogs, you know, get off the porch. You know, school was faster. The teachers were faster. The hmm. kids were faster, meaner, more aggressive. Um, you know, we, we ain't in the country no more, boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we in Virginia where like, you know, where you from? Why you talk like that? <laughs> so I'm well, well mixed, well versed, and uh, you know I'm I'm good in every hood because of uh, my background. But I've been to the country. I've been, you know, my one of my best friends was, you know, a, a rich kid, and we, he lived in a mansion in high school. So. I, I lived in a mansion in high school. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, there you go. High school, you know, with me being the number one recruit in the country and me being the, you know, captain of the prom, I mean, captain of the football team, captain of the wrestling team, prom king, homecoming king, me being that guy in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and having a mansion to back us with, you know, a back playroom. You know, we had some great times, <laughs> you know. I, I lived a great, great story filled life is what we're oh. saying. That's awesome, man. That's I awesome. Penn State, um, as my wrestling credentials started to, you know, speak for themselves, and yeah, end up where I met Jesse. Penn State is um, one of, as you guys know now, is one of the best country, one of the best schools in the country for wrestling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the Big Ten is the SEC for football, if you want to say that. You know, uh, it's it's. It's where the men are. Yeah, are yeah. Champions from other organizations and other, you know, not organizations, other divisions. I'm speaking business, but yeah, uh, I got you. I got you. It needs to be organizations. Right? <laughs> need to be getting paid, but uh, there are champions from other divisions. But Big Ten is where you breed them. Big Ten is Ohio State, Iowa, Illinois, right. Penn State, Indiana, Purdue, it's Michigan, Michigan. It's the grind. When you say those schools, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta stay with your Yes, you know, Talk a little deeper. Yeah. Would you go? I, I went to Penn State. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Well, all right. Then. But now they got Rutgers and Nebraska. And yeah. Got- Rutgers is holding the pack down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, all the corn, all the corn-fed schools. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a corn-fed yeah. school. Um, oh yeah. Pennsylvania, Jersey, even Nebraska. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Jersey's got like a weird kind of country beachy area. You meet some people from Jersey. You meet a lot of different type of people, man. Oh it's yeah. Yeah. Jersey's Jersey's a different place, but you're right. Like North Jersey compared to South Jersey are two different worlds. <laughs> drive for, drive 40 minutes and you're in a different country. <laughs> exactly. uh, uh, okay, cool. So, so you end up at Penn State. Uh, yeah. 
and obviously you were you were a big recruit. Um, you had a lot of success early. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I won the junior world championship. Uh, I wrestled. My first match in college <laughs> was against the number one wrestler in the country, <laughs> and <laughs> I wrestled up a weight class because um, me and Dan Valamont. Shout out to Dan Valamont. Me and him were going back and forth. I, he was already the um, projected starter at one forty nine the year I okay. came home, which they thought I was going to redshirt. And uh, I, had no, I had no plans of red shirt at all. I just yeah. came off of being <laughs> Bubba J in high school. You think I'm right, a or, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it means to like have a guy better than me. You and know, take a year and, off and wait. Yeah. 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 And, and in any capacity, really, I, I didn't feel I, I was also a very being in the environment that I, I grew up in and being being put through the, the, the ringer that I've been put through, um, I wore a chip on my shoulder, you know? Yeah. Um, let's just say, you've been, you know, you've been sharpened by other iron and you weren't ready to yeah, <laughs> take yeah. a back I was seat. A young, I was a young black man in the South of America in the white and one of the whitest sports that was physically demanding and mentally demanding to where, you know, this sport should not be, being done like I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I tell my kid, my 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 kids be like, man, can you can you show me some high school tapes? Can you dad, can you show me some? I'm like, listen, I'm trying to teach you how to respect people. <laughs> 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 I was so disrespectful. <laughs> I was always a sportsman, but uh, you know, I was trying to embarrass people for the sake of yeah you know, the way I felt on the inside, uh, the way I felt walking through life, the way I felt. Mm. You know, somebody gonna get this rap. Somebody gonna get this feeling yeah <laughs> you know, that is what it is but you know yeah, i played more chip on my shoulder therefore you know coming in to penn state or coming into anything you never told me that i wasn't going to do it you couldn't tell mm. me that i couldn't you yeah. couldn't tell me that i can't and you can't show me someone that can do it better yeah and that's how i felt about a lot that's how i still feel but with uh, obviously more humble more understanding more christ involved uh you know i lived a different life coming into the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and that could be a whole different podcast i'm sure <laughs> um, yeah. hey so actually I, I had a question for you oh wait and actually what happened in that first match i gotta know so you're going against oh, the number I lost, one i lost five to three to the oh, number okay. wrestler in the country uh, okay. Everyone knew that I was a 49 pounder wrestling up at 157. Yeah. And we had our first home dual meet at that time um, coming against the number one wrestler in the country. He eventually did win nationals. Oh, wow. um, I lost five to three and okay. everyone's eyes were like, Oh shit! Who is this guy? He's legit. You know? This guy's about to go on a tear. Legit. And during the match, um, some kind of scrambled happened where he does he, he did his thing thing. You know his normal. I'm the number one guy. It, you know thing. And I kind of got out of it. You know, kind of just being an athlete and just got out of it. And he he kind of showed frustration, and I kind of mm. was like, yeah, you know, just being young. And I celebrated during matches. That's why a lot of people didn't like me because I celebrated. I was doing the LeBron thing before they, <laughs> you know, I was I was celebrating during my matches. Oh, I love it. it. Kind of also gave me my name, um, you know, the, this kind of rebel. I'm known in the sport for being like the Allen Iverson slash Michael Vick of wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I rocked the Durag the entire career, um, braids or no braids. <laughs> right, right, right. 
But uh, I, I end up shaking my head like, yeah, you know, kind of pounding my chest. The same kind of thing. If you make a defensive play and you kind of like slap the ground and you put your hands out when you're playing basketball. Right, right. Or, or you defend a play in football and you're like, get that out of here, baby. It's yeah, exactly. That's kind of what happened as he did his little scramble thing. We got into a little scramble. He showed frustration. I was kind of like, yeah, son, you see me. I'm here, little 18-year-old ass in the Big Ten wrestling. True freshman. I'm here, baby. And the crowd kind of got behind me. And then yeah. Yeah. I never. I, I mean, I had a crowd behind me. Don't get me twisted. Like people showed up to the matches, but to be—if you see it now—to be in Rec Hall or to be in the Bryce Jordan Center with thousands of people with Penn State gear on, rooting for you—it's yeah. a hype level that I didn't know existed, and it uh. got injected into me. I was just like. <laughs> What is this? It's just a dream. I just got, you know, I just I obviously I, I lost the match five to three, but that day but I experienced. You knew, like, even if even if you already, yeah, it sounds like even if you already believed in what you could do, that like validated it. It's like this guy yeah. is the best in the country at this moment. Mm-hmm. He threw his best at me, mm-hmm. and I'm an athlete. <laughs> I've only been here a semester. I just got yeah. out of yeah, man. That's amazing. So, h- yeah. how did that change the perception within the team? Like, because you had to go up to one fifty seven. So, did you get an opportunity to go back down to one forty nine? No, we they they decided to wrestle me at fifty seven. Kept our guy at forty nine. Oh wow! Okay, seven pounder out, and we just both wrestled at forty. They say you two, you're both too good to not have in the lineup. Why would we have two jog? two head hammers at 49 when our 57 pounder ain't doing what he's supposed to be doing. And it's not even like me and him had to wrestle off, you know, uh, he wasn't wrestling well. I stepped in and was whipping everybody's ass in the big, in the big tournaments. And then they put me into the lineup. Yeah. You know, yeah. Me and the 49 pounder were going back and forth. One in the same exact day, I beat him by 15 points. We took an hour break and then he came back and beat me by eight points in the same oh, exact wow. day. So you yeah. see, so at that time, you guys were yeah. just like yeah. going neck back and, neck. and forth. Going yeah. back and forth. He ended up being a three-time All-American NCAA finalist. You know, he's he was on the Olympic ladder, Olympic teams, and so like he, you know, Dan Valamont's no joke. But yeah. at that time, I was a young young lion trying to be like, I don't care, I don't care. This I was not taught the concept of you know in wrestling now don't get it wrong i was a captain of every team get this yeah. I was captain of every team i've ever been a part of so i was a leader of every team yeah. but i did not understand the concept in wrestling at that level for a combined unit unity mm. it was that's my spot you, you know right I don't have a, you know, okay, you, you wait this year and then you're a red shirt and you guys do this year. And, and this is how the program goes. I'm like, no, who's at 149? <laughs> That's the way I'm 153 pounds. I'm at 149. <laughs> like right. how old he is. <laughs> you know, I've been beating seniors since I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. You know, I've been beating guys in college since I was a freshman in high school. Like I don't right. care that he'd been here for one year. <laughs> right. What is it? What's what the deal? What is it? What's the deal? What do we got to do to do to understand what's going on here? You know, it's funny because it's like wrestling, like MMA. Uh, although I guess maybe in this instance it's not, but like it's such an individual sport, right? Like when the lights go on and you step on, like there's no one, no one's coming for you. Y'all team can lose, and I could have whipped that my team's right. my ass. Y'all getting yelled at by the coach, and I'm like, he. <laughs> 
<laughs> he, he's talking to me. Y'all better get y'all. Y'all better get them left right. Y'all better get y'all wrestling going. He, he's talking to me because I whooped ass. You know, you lazy, non taped out. But then there's those times where the team wins, and you've you got to wrestle. You know, Jordan Burroughs or Brent Metcalf. You got to wrestle at the Big Ten in the yeah. Big Ten at 149 pounds. Nine of the top ten guys are in the Big Ten. Oh wow! So every week, nine, every every yeah, every match nine you deal with top ten guys are in the Big Ten. So yeah. I got no. By the time nationals came, you got no break. I got I was the number three guy most of the time, or number two, or number four. You know, during depending on what party weekend it was. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, I was one of the top guys. So we wrestled <sighs> on Tuesday. I wrestled the number six guy on Thursday. I wrestled the number eight guy on. You know, on Sunday we wrestled the number one guy. I mean, it's the Big Ten. It's, yeah, man, it's you know, just a gauntlet. If, if you're thinking about SEC football, you got to go to Alabama, then you got to go to Georgia, then you got to go to LSU, then you got to go to Florida. Then whoa, there's no whoa, breaks. Whoa, what are we? What, what am I gonna get a, 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 a tech fall out here? But you know, Michigan, <laughs> Michigan State did. Uh, they they never let us down. Michigan State. And, and, uh, you know, they gave us a break out there, but. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost every Spartan listener. That's okay. I'm not even any line considered guy. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so like, that's that's that that's right. That's right. And we we'll, we will certainly get there. So wait, I, what I'm curious too about is like world championships. How how does that fit in? Because you were already at Penn State. Yeah. When you did that, right? Yes, there were seasons. So, you know, in other sports, there are, you know, off seasons and on seasons. There, There's no off season for wrestling because we have a style. There's different styles. So we have folk style and freestyle is a form of folk style with just different types of points and different types of scoring. Um, mm. Like, say, if I put you on your back in folk style, you have to put them on the back for a certain period of time for the referee to, okay, cool, that's a pen. In yeah. freestyle, you don't even have to be doing the move you can get put on your back if your shoulders touch at the same time they're going to call you on a pin oh, wow. and that you can be throwing someone and your shoulders touch at the same time end up, yeah and they're going to call you being pinned with that guy being slammed on his head kind of thing you know it, you know a lot a lot of times it's judgmental um ref and the, the rules change every year like like most sports you know they're trying to right. like, get it faster or get it quicker or get it more entertaining or whatever it is for the generations that are coming but um at that time you did like an Olympic redshirt year or you did like a, you did kind of thing. So when folk style was over, when the season was over, school is still going on and things like that. So we still wrestle and we stay, most of the wrestlers stay on campus during off, during the off season, during, you know, most, we don't go home. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, you technically redshirt. Yeah. But you're there the whole time. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. So it's like, yeah, I, so you, I, you would I take your red shirt almost in the middle. Yeah, I, ha- I kind of have red shirt here because I was oh. going back and forth with Valamont, so they were technically still count- counting me a red shirt. But then when we went into the season, the Big Ten season, where like matters and shit, they put me into the lineup. So got it, red shirt year. But also in I the off season, when it's summertime and there's no season, there are still freestyle events like the Olympics and the world championships oh, wow. and things like that. Like, you know, consider like the NBA they play or the college players. If you're good enough to play in college, you play in college. But if you're good enough to be on the world team in the NBA, right. you'll, you'll make that team as well. You yeah, know, yeah. 
you know, so it, it's kind of like that. And I was competing on the levels of freestyle. And that's when I went and won a world championship. I, I, I even beat the Olympic starter. When I was in college, I beat America's Olympic starter. But I really, yeah, I was just I was I was I was on another level at that time. But I was also <laughs> young and and like, what do you mean? Like, I'm going to just kick it here all summer and hang out with these frat boys. <laughs> <laughs> man i i just i need a red shirt here i need to take mm. a break i need a i need to relax you want me to go wrestle grown-ass men um after i just got done wrestling grown-ass men um and my freestyle season when freestyle is supposed to be considered more of a like a relaxed season you know there's breaks mm. in, in between and then in the match itself there's like a 30 second wipe down water break kind of you know it's a more relaxed <laughs> type of style so it's just to stay sharp for most folk style wrestlers to stay sharp during the off season of, of their collegiate careers ah, okay when you when there's no professional wrestling like you know you either go into coaching or you go in mma or you go in a you know wwe whatever you, you you really there is no like professional league right so you know you really think about freestyle and the olympics and things like that that's where you can really make your money sponsorships and get your notoriety out there so that people you know mix the two yeah yeah that makes sense so Let's 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 fast forward a little bit because I, I want to I want to talk to you about what you're doing in MMA and I could talk to about this college stuff all day. But so day. you you get to the point right, and I'm going to fast forward because I obviously know a little bit about your background, right? You become right. the captain of Penn State, right? Um, similar to high school, right? Like yeah. you, you rise to that level. Yeah. Um, can, can you take me through a little bit like what happens? Because like you said, you end up going to Arizona State. So yeah. like, so like, what kind of happened to like lead to that departure from Penn State and, and becoming a Sun Devil? Well, in high school, real quick, in high school, my senior year, um, I got expelled like three months before graduation um, okay. for uh, for fellatio. Um, <laughs> Off school, but I was off school grounds, and they tried to take my scholarships. I had to go to a pill after a pill, and you know it was a crazy story. I was the number one recruit in the country, and there was a lot of stuff going on. But I ended oh, up, man. you know, signing with Penn State. I was probably going to go to Maryland, but Maryland took their full ride down to eighty percent, and I was like, "You crazy? I'm the number. Man, get out of here!" So I went Boy. to Penn State. Um, but must have been one hell of a blowjob. <laughs> we'll cut that out we'll cut that out it was it was it was a different time it was a different time um shout out to everyone who helped me through that process you know? <laughs> way to bring it back thank you <laughs> that was the process but where were we i digress uh, uh, yeah so so you're saying you got expelled so you, had, left, you had an issue well, had to go to Penn just State. like my senior year in high school and i left and had to go prove myself i was a national champion <clears throat> for another school in high school. Um, I was their oh, first man. national champion. I had only been there for like eight days, <laughs> but, and they put, they put me up on their school. I'm up on, you know, name on their wall. Every school I ever went to, my name is on their wall, even if oh, I was okay. there for two months. Um, but it was a rival school. They said I wasn't fit for public schooling. And then they sent me 0 0.8 miles down the road to our rival public high school. I digress. <laughs> Crazy story. They tried to throw the book at me, man. I was African American and I was doing my thing. I was young, black, and handsome. They didn't love it. They didn't, they didn't want me to be great. They didn't want me to have a bigger pool than Kanye. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, I I I was at Penn State and the new 
Penn State coach came in. They fired the old head coach who I was under. And Bill yeah. Sanderson, the greatest wrestler of all time. He was 159-0 in college. He was an Olympic champion. He was everything. He was the Michael Jordan. In my eyes, he was even the Michael Jordan. And yeah. I wore my heart on my sleeve. We never got to meet each other. I had some sabotage happen in the meetings. Mm. Um, our first meetings to meet each other. My first 45 hour meeting with him wasn't a meeting of like, hey, man, I'm Bubba J. Remember when I was the number one recruit in the country? Now I'm, you know, an NCAA finalist, the captain of this here team. And glad right. to meet you. Happy. Well, welcome to my motherfucking. <laughs> my, welcome to my school. <laughs> like, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you like the things. This is where the coach used to be. That's where I used to sit when the coach had meetings about the team and stuff. You know, welcome. You know did they show you around? I'm glad right. you're here. You <laughs> let me help you get acclimated. Yeah, let me help you. You know, uh, if you cut me right, oh, I cut myself. Oh, that's not but blue and white. That's a little nitty line. I, it's understandable. You still bleed, uh, cycling right. white and white and red and yellow, whatever y'all had. I'm, you know, I'm. That's a little. That's a little. Oh snap! Look at me, dog. I'm in my. I'm in my nitty line shorts. Oh, there right we now. go. Right now, for the folks right who can't now, see it, I'm in my Penn State issued shorts right now. Shout out to there Arizona. we go. Um, just bring myself back to that mindset. Uh, yeah. I was there, and me and him just didn't get along in a sense of like we. He was trying to bring in the new regime. I was the head and the captain of the old regime. Right. I was young and arrogant. Um, I I, I could have had more clarity, and when I look back and try to you know and forgive myself, and I forgave all those situations, I I look back and say I probably should have had more patience, more more understanding. Mm. Um, but also, I wasn't the I wasn't the real adult in that situation. You can say I was twenty twenty one. You can say I was technically an adult, but I was still a, a young man trying. Yeah, to, young man, still growing, like doing my own thing, trying to find out who yeah. I am with college and you know all the success that I'm having. I was a national champ inside and outside the practice room. Um, you mm-hmm. can ask you can ask Jesse if you went. We didn't call it clubbing. We called it bubbing. If you went out with Bubba J. We went to 15 different frat parties. We were probably at each of them for 30 minutes, and then we left to go to the next one. And then eventually you didn't find me. <laughs> you know, right, you yeah, got exactly. lost. <laughs> I got lost, but eventually I, we went our separate ways. But uh. I was in, in every sense of the matter. Right? And people knew who I was on the mat when I went, showed up to wherever I was going. People knew who I was. I was Pennsylvania is the mecca of wrestling. Yeah, like like Florida would argue or Texas would argue they were the meccas of football. Pennsylvania is the mecca of wrestling. So when you're the captain of the Penn State wrestling team, it's got some you got some clout. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's you know there's there's relatives involved and people who know wrestling there. And when when females know wrestling, and they got brothers and cousins and people that are wrestlings and they 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 value your wrestling ability. It just makes it easy to be, you know, the captain. And, and, and you I had a first name, fruit. Bubba. Yeah. yeah, I was a, I was a forbidden fruit. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm all chocolate. So, you know, most of them, most of their parents tell them to stay away from the chocolate because you know it melts on you. you know, so things like that could happen. But nonetheless, I digress. I left Penn State because me and Kel just didn't see eye to eye. He wanted to yeah. release me. He tried to release me two or three times before I finally was like, man, all right, if you don't want me here, bro, I'm I'm a national finalist. I'll go to any school in the country. And Fine place, yeah. 
he's he put a stipulation you can go to any school in the country that wants you but i'm not going to allow you to go to the top 15 schools because you could possibly be a problem for me at the national tournament next year so none of the uh people like the cornell school that i was going to go to who was ranked number two in the country who needed a 57 pounder who had a 49 pounder who was oh you you almost went to cornell i was going to go to cornell he blocked my transcript to cornell See, that is so crazy to me that they have the power to do that. And he just did it for his little brother. He just got it amended for his little brother because when he was at Iowa State to come over to Penn State, his little brother was on the wrestling team, so he wanted to come over to Penn State with him. He he just got an amendment for them to come over. But when I was trying to leave, he did the exact thing that he just bought he blocked you. I digress. I digress. Sorry, sorry. We've moved on. Okay, we've forgiven everyone, but this is just context, people. It's just context. Uh, He's a great man. He's doing, I mean, what he's won eight out of the last 10 or 11 national championships. I mean, he's the goat of wrestling coaches and things like that. Um, I will say, though, man, it's it's crazy. Like, I mean, it's all coming to a head. Like, athletes in California are going to get paid, but the amount that like these institutions profit from athletics and then the fact that like they have the power to dictate, you know what I mean? It's like, look, it's not working here. Fine. The kid wants out, but it's like, you can't block them from going to a school. And it's like Cornell's like an Ivy league school. Like, think, so like what if you just Penn State to Cornell and right. won a team national championship because Cornell lost that that na- next year they lost some championship by mm. about 15 19 points I put up 33 points by myself oh wow that's not even including what I would have done as far as the motivational leadership I'm bro I'll make eight people run through a wall for me right now I'm motivational yeah, yeah. In that sense, you know yeah. You know me, it's love me. I, you know, I'm just genuine, right? But, um, I, but I also know the mantle I carry and the authority what I that I that I have when it comes to leadership. And I've always, it's not a crowd. When someone says, "Well, we need to get these guys to a championship," we took five guys to the national tournament and took top five in the country. Remember, when they signed me, they were outside the top fifteen. Wow. I'm history, bro. I'm history under the dust, under the rug that they try to cover up. But (laughs) when I first got to Penn State, I was, remember, we went bubbing. Every recruit came with me. Every recruit came with me. I signed every recruit from 2006 to 2011. I signed every recruit. The only recruit that I didn't sign was the Perry boy who went to Oklahoma State who eventually won nationals. And the only reason I didn't sign him is because his brother was on our coaching staff. Uh, and he was really he was a real dick during my during the recruiting visit. But nonetheless, I said, listen, first of all, you're being a dick. Second of all, your brother's on the coaching staff. What am I even doing here? If you're not if I can't if your brother can't Yeah, convince, if your brother I, can't pull the trigger out here chaperoning this 13 year old boy like I, I, I he got I got him lost real quick. We went to a couple <laughs> parties and, and me and my people, we exited. I don't know where he went, but he was the only recruit that I didn't sign. So the okay. year that I was at Arizona State in my senior year, Penn State won nationals with the team that I constructed, built, uh, signed, and recruited. Yeah. So run me my money. What, what's a national <laughs> championship these days? Y'all, y'all owe me a ring? Y'all owe yeah. me some, some off the merchandise, man. Give me, give me that. Penn I got State, a sweatshirt. Penn State, check the history. Penn State never had a white singlet before I convinced our coaching staff that if the football team has a blue jersey, 
and all these other schools that were losing recruits too. some schools wouldn't come to Penn State because we, once we got there, they knew that I was signing people. So a lot of people were telling them not to come to Penn State. We lost a lot of people to Ohio State because Ohio State had like eight singlets. They uh, had four singlets, red singlets, black singlets. So, you know, you want the fresh, it's like the Oregon Duck guys. You want to be the yep. freshman the swaggiest. So when I was at Penn State, we had one singlet, the blue one with the strap on it. And I'm like, coach, we, I know, I know, I know, I know we don't want to break the dish. And I ain't trying to get an old nitty line thing. But if the football team got a traditional blue and then they got a traditional white, let's get right. crazy and get, get a white one. Let's get a fresh white one. And against Cornell, the day before I hurt my knee in practice and the day before uh, the Cornell match, I hurt my knee in practice, but that next day we pulled out the white singlets and the coach uh, at the time allowed me to take the white first white singlet down to the team and let them know. And, you know, I didn't get to wrestle in it, um, which was really sad because my knee, I blew out my knee wrestling mm. Dan Valamont's ass, <laughs> but I, I blew out my knee and, you know, we, I was, I was history before I left Penn state. I, I was, we hadn't had America hadn't had a, a junior world champion since 99. It was 06. Really? Oh, 08. It was 08. And I won junior world championships for America, but really I represented Penn state. Like, you know, Penn yeah, state's huge great, deal. Penn state's got a good freestyle program. What do you mean? You know, I know yeah, they're yeah. known for their folk style, but Bubba Jenkins just won a freestyle ter- national, I mean, freestyle world title. Like, wow. they got, you know, intramural wrestling in a club program. So now uh, Penn State has one of the biggest wrestling club freestyle programs in in all of wrestling. Oh, wow. I'm, you know, not saying I planted the seed or watered the, you know, put the dirt out. I'm not saying that I started none of that. All I'm saying is it legitimized it, right? Like you won a you world gotta, championship, you, gotta, you, gotta you represent Penn State. You talk about the history of Penn State. You got to mention, yeah, you gotta put yeah. It in the process, and they're doing great things right now. So I shipped off to Arizona State with me and Penn State. Didn't get along. And me and my high school, the the rabbit that I call my high school rabbit, the guy that I was chasing, he had all the titles, he had all the championships, he had all the things. We went to the same high school. Our mothers were really, really close. He was a black guy. Um, Brian Stiff, he had a brother who was also a really good guy. Um, our high school coach was a black guy. So it was really like a unit of family in the sense of like us against the world. He went to Arizona State and became a national finalist, but he never oh, really wow. got it done. But he always hit me up like during my career at Pitt State because he became, you know, an assistant on the Arizona State team. He was like, yo, did they send you uh, scholarship money? Did they did they check you? Did they get you right? Did they make sure you did, you know, you're supposed to get this, that, and the third. He was kind of helping me make sure that I didn't have to pay for stuff, make sure, you know, just get the game right. You know, right. He's basically in the black community. He's my cousin. He trying to get me, he tried to get me right. He tried to give me game. So yeah, yeah. This one day, they try to release me December 19th, knowing that school ends December 21st. And they had a, they made an amendment that I had to be enrolled because of wrestling enrolled into another school by January 9th because that school Christmas period. And, you know, they blocked all my transcripts until January 7th. Jeez, they, they, man. they gave me four days to find a new school. Luckily, <laughs> uh, Brian Stiff, my guy, my cousin, was like, yo, they send you your, your scholarship money. They send you your Christmas package. They send you, you good? Nope. <laughs> I am not good. <laughs> right. They are not sending me my I haven't talked to a coach in three months. Yeah. I have been here since August, and none of the coaches are speaking to me. Um, and they can't not wrestle me because I can beat their brother and their golden child, David Taylor. Um, so, you know, 
I guess I'm just whoop everybody's ass. They're going to just continue to be mad at me. And uh, because that's what it's going to be. Oh, right. shit. I got a text message. Oh, I just got released. Um, so, yeah, I guess I got to figure out what I'm going to do. Oh, okay. Arizona State is awesome. You're there. You will show love. You pull out the red carpet. I do need a tan. It's cold as a This It's Penn State cold. I heard Arizona State. I heard Arizona State be doing it big. Hey, you know what? Yeah, Arizona State's got a reputation for a couple things. You know uh, it, was, it wasn't always wrestling, but uh, me, uh, good weather and a uh, couple co-eds. Let me stop crying about having to leave this winterish ass place and go get right with my cousin and all them exotic lifestyles out there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they rolled out the red carpet. I was on full ride, of course, and they, you know, they let me know that I was gonna be the captain of the team. I showed up to the campus and my face and picture was on everything. I was a national finalist, I was a junior world champion. I was, you know, I was the guy at that time and I was also a rebel. So to come to be a sun devil, to come to be, you know, yeah. Program the program had just kind of recently got stopped and, and kind of got um, the uh, a millionaire picked it up as a like a like a an intramural program but we're still in the NCAA so it's a different thing oh wow um, we also had the one leg kid Anthony Robles who was right at that time you know the SB winner he only had one leg he ended up we ended up winning nationals together but at, he picked me up from the airport and you know it was. When when I hear that Anthony Robles is going to pick me up from the airport, when I only kind of know of him as, as the wrestler with one leg, but everyone knows of him, it was when I was talking to Percy when we were both being recruited and we were both going to take a recruiting visit to Penn State, but he didn't like one of the guys that were going on the same trip. Um, uh-huh. So he ended up signing with Florida, but he called me after his USC visit. He was like, yo, Reggie Bush picked me up, blah, blah, blah. So when we were talking about you know the stuff that he was going through on his recruit visit, on my second trip around, because I had a first recruiting visit because I was number one recruit, but on my second trip around, I really didn't have enough time to kind of see what was going on. So I kind of made the understanding to go to Arizona State. And then when they called me and was like, oh, you know, we're going to have Anthony pick you up. It was kind of like, it brought me back to a memory of like, yeah, I'm still a man because, you know, they got someone important picking me up. Not, it, yeah. was just to me. it was just a thing to me. Like, I remember when Reggie Bush picked up Percy Harvin. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, dude, it matters. It matters. Yeah. It's like, we think <laughs> enough of this guy. So we're getting one of our best dudes who's here right now to come out, get you at the airport. Yeah, dude, right. it's a sign of respect. It's a right. sign of like, we want you, we value you. And Stuff like matters, I said, rolling man. through the campus, rolling through the campus, I was like, oh, oh, you see that? That was, that was me. That was a picture. Oh, oh I'm saying you know, And I see myself <laughs> everywhere. They were showing me mad love. So, you know, I was pretty much in an area where I was at home in a foreign land. I had did four years already. Right. I got like they didn't they didn't accept 41 of my credits. So I had to get a petition to ah. be eligible to get mm. a petition to get more classes than allowed. Like crazy. <laughs> you, know, you understand? I had stitches in my knee when I went to nationals from surgery. Like and still won the tournament. Like, you know, you can't write this, bruh. <laughs> like, crazy. Like, I blew so, my knee out right so before you that. No way. Yeah, meniscus. Not blew my knee out, but I meniscus. Yeah, but it was. Dude, meniscus is no joke, and especially in wrestling, it's yeah. like there's not a lot of places to hide. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of you're kind of out there and exposed, and the knee's pretty critical. I would say uh, you kind of got to hit a knee to get a shot off. You know? Yeah, man. Wow. <laughs> okay. Through a lot, like I said, I um, the environment that I grew up in made me perfect for like 
what do you want to do after this? You've I've done every big tournament in the sport of wrestling except the major Olympics and the major world. And mm-hmm. I had already beaten the world champion. And while I was competing in MMA, I had got off the couch and I beat the Olympic champion on like the three day notice. Oh, really? In my, heart, in my heart, I was like, bro, I can do it if I wanted to. I don't want to because it's a broke mentality in my sense they're still living in dorms grown-ass men living in dorms at the colorado training center i get uh, it I understand. like i'm not trying to, I, I got too much personality i got too much understanding of life i got too much um ability and talent and gifts and too many fishes in the water for mm. me to just stick it into a you know stick my iron in the wrestling fire and only you know and it's a four-year circuit yeah, if it, and only every four years. And that's yeah. if I get past the Americans here. That doesn't conclude the Russians. And America's getting, you know, we won the world championships not that recently. So we, you know, America's t- one of the toughest places to wrestle in. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You know, to, they're going to give me $50,000 to beat this dude up who doesn't know how to wrestle. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this dude, only, only he's only been doing karate. <laughs> and they're going to allow me to... You mean wrestling? Yeah, he's not even in a stance. What do you mean? Like, dude, I, I, I've been, I've been digging deep into uh, the old, old school UFCs. Like, I'm talking like one through ten. Mm-hmm. Back when it was, uh, I was just talking to, uh, I don't know, you know, Chad Wesley Smith is he's juggernaut training. We were talking about it's like the closest thing you could get to actual blood sport. It's like yeah. a yeah, dude absolutely. walks in who only yeah, does karate. I, 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 they have what they did then and fight island now it would be exactly blood sport without the oh my god but it's amazing but you're right like and it was the wrestlers well the jujitsu the first three cool. the, uh you know what i mean hoist gracie crushed still it to day, still to this day when you look at the belt count is when you do the olympics and then you'd be like oh america's got these many goals and russia's got these many goals when you do mma and you do the belt count wrestlers go go yeah go. Go, 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 Yeah. Strikers, you know, some a couple strikers, go, go, and a couple of jiu-jitsu, go, 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 go. But when you right. think about from Cejudo to Cormier. Yeah. Stop stop talking to me about wrestling, dominating MMA. I know exactly what I'm about to do to y'all. <laughs> I mean, once I get this striking down, and it's not once, I've now gotten it down. Yeah. I'm in the million-dollar tournament, and the biggest champion was my college rival, the guy who won the million dollar tournament that I'm currently in, went to yeah. Ohio State, my college rival. And I oh. beat him. We I wrestled him three times a year for a cheeseburger and an orange soda. Now they're gonna give me a million dollars to fight him. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I was just trying to beat him to get on the bus back home. You know what I'm saying? Right. College. <laughs> I'm trying to get a big Mac when I get back. If I win this match, I'm gonna get a you know what I'm saying? Million, not, yeah. <laughs> so I wrestled him eight times. I beat him seven oh, times. Oh wow. And what what's what's his name? Lance Palmer. Okay, Lance Palmer. Yeah, all right, we're coming. Time. We're coming, Lance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, all right. What, what was uh, well? And I want to. So I've got two things I definitely want to. I want to talk about. Um, and I, I want to finish off the college story because it's just too insane not to. Like I would be doing the listeners a disservice because they're like, this guy is out of control. Um, but it gets it gets even more outrageous. If we're talking about writing a movie, like the way this thing plays out is absolutely insane. So can we can we can we round out how you become a national champion and kind of the circumstances? Because you leave Penn State, you Uh go to Arizona State, right? And to your point, a program that was almost canceled, right? They blocked you from going anywhere in the top 15. So you you go to Arizona State, still in the pack at that time, 10, I think. Yes. Um 
so yeah, so you rise through the ranks, tear your meniscus, uh-huh. and you end up facing the guy who was in your weight class now at Penn State, right? In the national yeah, well, finals. I Have I missed State. anything? When I was at Penn State, yeah. they uh, got his scholarship. Um, they, David Taylor was a freshman at Penn State. So I was right. a captain of the, the team yeah. when he was a freshman. But then when, when, when Kale came in, there was one practice where I was running, you know, inside, inside, you know, roll your arms, roll your arms. And he came in, the door opened, and everyone looks, of course, at the door to see who's coming into practice. And he's like, Bubba, you're no longer captain of the team. Everyone else do your own thing. Don't run them through drills. You know, just abruptly, like, the captainship that, like, there was never a sophomore captain at Penn State until they the team and the coaches decide on who captain. Like, you know, captainship on teams right. is, like, a big deal, right? It so is. It's and it's, yeah, it's, it's like, it, it's a, a snap. Well, and to be a captain, too, you're right. It's not like, hey, you're just, like, the stud or, like, you're the best athlete. It's I stay like, in on coaches' meetings right, right. <laughs> on what they plan to do with the team so I can get, like, hey, coach, yeah. you know, I'll, that's great. I know you got a plan exactly. for that. Like, when I was at Arizona State, there were practices that I was like, coach, we can't do it. Like, the, you're going to lose the team if we do this mm. or it's too hard. Or, you know, I've been in the Big Ten. I, I'm not telling coach that we not can't do it because we don't want to or we're lazy. I'm lazy, I'm, right. I, I to prove they just try to release me over there i got something to prove but right now like i understand you on this uh, you know right now the team i can feel the pulse of the team coach we need to sit this one out you know we don't need right. to show up at five o'clock can we do it at nine <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Certain things like that so like um the I, I, big time captainship and leadership gets the wrestlers who are now dealing with the wrestling community the wrestling world not having their parents dealing with school dealing with this cold cut that yep. weight this match that wrestler this guy that ranking it's a whole different world and when i'm there like phil davis was for me to be like listen, come here, young blood. This is how you got to do it. This is what you got to do. This is how you got to, when you abrupt my captainship like that in front of everyone, it just like right. after the door closed, everyone looking at me like, and I'm like, uh, what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do what you it's, want. I guess. Dis- yeah. dis- disrespectful, right? Yeah, just disrespectful. So, um, he was in that room. There is a picture of media day. You know, how every team has media day. There's yeah. a picture media day on media day i didn't mean to do it but i was wrestling him and i was just beating the hell out of him and i wouldn't let him go and i and he was crying and i just wouldn't let him go i was wrestling boom just beating my i'm senior he's a freaking freshman right Right. There, there there's days where some of the seniors grab a wrestler and the only way you can get away or get out is if you get like 15 takedowns or if you actually get away when you're that good in high school a lot of times you're never on bottom Right. Uh, so when you come into college, you need work on bottom because you're always taking people down. Because you were just never, yeah. Yeah. Never so when you get to college, I'm a grown ass man. All these takedowns you ain't about to get. And when I get my takedown, you ass ain't getting up. So a lot of times, right. seniors will grab the rookies or the freshmen and get on them. Not hazing. It's not, it's a, it's a mental thing to like grab them and like let them know like there is a, there is writing time in college now. All that mm. you did in high school, you got time. You, after a minute, they give you a point, the other guy a point for not being on grass. So there's a seriousness to having to get up. And then they're yeah. doing the same weight. You're a man. You can't let another man the same weight as you hold you down. What if that was your mom under the car over there? You know, we had these kind of things and saying, and I made them cry and they got it uh, on camera. You know, they had it on camera uh, they had it in the media day. And I had a picture of him crying. So when I went to nationals and I had this shirt called Free Bubba, you know, it was just like, I'm fresh out. You know, I'm coming back to national tournament, uh, you know, free me 
from all that hate y'all had against me. Free, it was just free Bubba and a picture, yeah. that same picture of me making David Taylor cry <laughs> on media day back at Penn State. <laughs> so when oh, this is I, even better than I thought. He okay, seventy nine and old. No shit. Sure. He 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 only lost three matches in college. Two matches in college. Oh wow. He lost to two people in college. He lost three matches. He lost yeah. to twice. When I was on the team, when they released me in December, from August to December, we were wrestling and we go to open tournaments. And one open tournament, I'm a 49 pounder, but I wrestled up at 57 just because I'm in a red shirt year. Um, I fractured my sternum. I had to wrestle him in an open tournament in the finals. And I wasn't even trying and I beat him four to three, but I was lazy with it. Like there's no, that matches online. I had a fractured sternum and I'm just kind of like, you know, just I'm I'm Heisman and I'm stepping over his shots. I'm treating him like a freshman. I'm not in my stance and wrestling. I'm really disrespecting him, but I'm also right. only disrespecting him because I'm I'm really hurt and I really want to get out of here. This is an open tournament. I'm a national finalist. It's like a it's just like a there's no reason to be here. I shouldn't have yeah. to this finals. I should have injury to fall it out, but they're trying to see how good David Taylor is and all this good stuff. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm, I'm, I'll wrestle. And I beat him four to three, really not even trying. And so that's his first loss in college. Mm. At that point, he was 60, you know, or something like that. And yeah. then by the time we, and it doesn't count because it's an open tournament. So when we get to the national finals in college, remember, Kale Sanderson was 159 and 0. He's now the prodigy of Kale Sanderson. In this match, he is 79 and 0. He's going to be the next Kale. Kale's he's on the path. He, he's on the path. Kale's in his corner. He's got the right tutor. He's got this. And here comes this black ass kid from Arizona State who used to be in this program, <laughs> who obviously was a damn hooligan. Couldn't keep uh, his Just out bubbing. Just out bubbing out late and night. around. And yeah, man. Had 13 pit bulls and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I used to sell pit bulls on campus. So that's how I made a lot of my money. But nonetheless, I, I digress. Um, <laughs> you can ask, you can ask Jesse. I, I, I will. Dude, I, I will. This is so great. For, I was Michael Vick for Halloween. And on Halloween, I almost got in a fight with Jared Audrick, the NFL player. I almost got in a fight with Jared Audrick. Oh, um, yeah. I ended up messing with what I didn't know it was his girl, but she ended up coming through. And, you know, things happen. Nonetheless, I had about four or five pit bulls and I was standing on a hill and I was Michael Vick. And he came up six foot seven, 300, whatever pounds of them. And I'm scared of no man, especially anyways, he's like, you did, you did something, something. I'm just like, what are you talking about? And he said, he said the girl's name. And I'm just like, bro, like I ain't even, and he's like, bro, I should slap you right now. And I, and then my dogs are trained and I was like, easy. And then all my dogs stood up, <laughs> you know, like, he's like, man, I should smack you right now. And I, and I kind of looked at him like, Dude. It's like assess the situation. Yeah, and I just yeah, and I just said easy because you know like something's going on when when right. I got my dogs and I'm like easy, easy, easy. That means like calm down, look aware. You know, sometimes I walk my dogs without leashes or across the road or whatever. I'm like easy, easy. They'll sit by me. My dogs are well trained. I can go into a store, leave my untrained pit bull at the front of the door, go to store, go shop, come back out and walk away. I used to do it all the time, right? Yeah. So, I had four dogs and I was on a leash. It was a wild night. And so I had them on a leash and I just go easy, easy. And all my dogs stand up just like, what, what's the problem? What the problem is? Like, what are we doing? What are, what are we talking easy about? And he saw that they were like 
on aware. Just on alert, yeah. Alert. But also these dudes, these bystanders were like, yo, that's Papa Jenkins and Jared. Like, bro, get out of here. Like they they really they really stood up for me. I don't know why. I don't know what had happened, but these these random dudes, they were drunk. They were like, get the fuck out of here. You know, just kind of like <laughs> mad at Jared for it. But Adric, Adric, he uh, messaged me later and he was talking about, you know, just different stuff about how it was a, it was just a misunderstanding and all that. But right, right, right. Sure, me, and jo- me and Jared Adric almost fought on Halloween. I was oh. playing Michael. Another story, another book, but talk about blood sport. That would yeah. like two oh, just yeah. we was gonna get him. Monster. <laughs> we was gonna get him. Jared too big for me to be out here wrestling double A. We would go aim for the throat. Get him. Nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, man. So I, I I they release me. I ship off to Arizona State. I wrestle in the Pac-10 finals with a hyper uh, hyper extended elbow and stitches still in my knee from <laughs> getting my knee blown out a couple weeks before. I go through all the rehab. I sit. I sit out. Uh, I only wrestled. 15 matches my senior year on on a schedule of usually like 40 matches because I, I hurt my knee and mm. um and we went I lost the first match to a kid I was obviously Bubba Jenkins coming into Arizona State my first match in at Arizona State we went to Emory Riddle for like an open just like an Emory Riddle you didn't even heard of this school and yeah, I yeah. Lost, I lost that match to a kid there and it was just like oh my god like Bubba Jenkins is just lost to some kid from Emmy Riddle. He's out there in Arizona State. It's over for him. Then I had the surgery. Right. Um, then I went to Pac Tens and I lost in the finals and, a, and I got cheated in a 17 minute match after my first match. This is my first tournament back from blowing my knee. I get seated number four in the national finals. I wrestle. I, I, I pinned a bunch of people, tech fall a bunch of people, which is beat them by 15. Um, Wrestled all the way to to getting into the finals in Philadelphia with a crowd right. that root for me with fans that used to rock the Bubba J Squad free Bubba shirts. Um, I had I had I had dorm I had a frats rock my shirts like fifty dudes come to the home matches in Bubba J Squad shirts like probably twenty different frats like don't get me right joke. I was I was I was I was in a ball I was a um you were out and about. I was a member of, I was a volunteer. What is it? What is it? Like a member of a frat? Oh, like an honorary. Uh, honorary brother of a frat of like 10 yeah. frats. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they loved me. So I was always there. But nonetheless, oh, dude. Uh, I digress. National finals in Philly. It's me and all my black coaches, Sean Charles, Brian Stiff, who didn't win a national title, who like, no, this is for us. This ain't just for me. You know what I mean? He, he, he needs a national title as far right. as like, his coaching validation and us both being from Virginia. And then it's the golden boy, David Taylor and the white singlet uh, and the blue singer. But you know, it's, it's got this, this, it's me and this maroon and, and, and yellow and the black guys with their hair and all of And I got my do-rag, my maroon do-rag on. And then it's the clean shaven white guys with their suits on. And then it's David Taylor with his clean white and blue, you know, and it's, it's just right. like a, a, a absolute contrast of, of destiny's coming and a minute 41 seconds later i stuck them i threw my ankle bands in the sky and i shot one down oh dude rebel i'm gonna i'm gonna link to the match because the (laughs) celebration alone is worth the price of admission dude i was watching it and i was i was i told you i was too fired up to get any work done i was like yes (laughs) right but dude i loved it of yes was expressed through the community bro mm. like i walked around that arena after that 
and people were putting money in my pocket. You pinned him. You pinned him. Yeah. So the guy's undefeated, hasn't lost yet. He's like the next Kale Sanders, and you pin him. And they they shipped me out because they wanted him to have my spot. You know, they they knew that. Well, he's not gonna go down. He's we can't wrestle him out. We can't beat him out. We gotta we gotta ship him out. We gotta figure out how to get him out of here. His brother couldn't beat me, so they could. You know, there was like thing. There was like legitimately, if they could beat me, I would just be on the bench. Right. I would never, I would have graduated as a Penn State guy. I just would have, man, the national finalist. I just couldn't, my later years, I couldn't get it done. I would have think good career. Thank you for having me. Right, <laughs> right, right. You couldn't, you couldn't stop me. You couldn't beat me. How much of that, like, did you know, I mean, obviously the outcome 2020, you know, we know now, but like, because you'd wrestled him previously and you knew that you had dominated him so bad in practice. I mean, did you know when you walked in that like you had the mental edge on him. Oh yeah. There's this whole documentary thing called it's on flow wrestling. It's a documentary, okay. a documentary, but there's like a little clip of like me saying not undefeated no more, you know, kind of like saying like, I knew I, I had shirts made called big brother Jenkins. I told him like, I, I held his, his crying tears in my hand and <laughs> with his will at its highest of wanting to leave. I said, no, no, you, you, you will stay here until I'm tired or until one of these coaches come get you because I am your big brother. Right, right, right. Get that. I will never forget. I will never forget. I didn't have a big brother in a wrestler because I was really good. I had a big brother in a coach. I had I had a coach had to come get me. You know, one, none of these wrestlers were good enough to hold me down and, and mentor me, like really hurt me like that. Unless you're like Phil Davis was 197 pounders. You know, you had to do it with someone your size. So it's a mentor. Yeah. And John yeah. Hughes was the guy who grabbed me. And I will never forget going through all the mindsets of crazy. I tried to bite him. I tried to cry. I was crying and I was mad and I was trying to elbow him. I was trying to street fight him. And I went through so many emotions while he just held oh, wow. me on the mat. You know, it's a, it's a thing. you got to go through it to like, and I saw him go through hysteria. I saw him go through sadness. I saw him go through agreement and, 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 um, and submission. I saw him go through rage and, and all as those notches turn, on yeah. head, they also turn on my belt as, yep, I'm doing it to another one. I'm doing yeah. a great one. Here comes another great one coming to happen, not knowing that eventually I'm going to have to compete against him. But as you right. do that, guys you're on your team with, you can feel that greatness sprouting up in them, that those those levels of hysteria and things, you, you push them to other levels of greatness that, mm. okay, I know what it's like to take that freedom from someone. Not many people know what it's like to really – take freedom from another person willing to, to not give it up Yeah, you know, for two hours, three hours. It's not like a, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to be hugged up with someone. No, you're there for two hours, three hours. Whoa. Sweat. You, you've lost seven and a half, eight pounds. You want water. You got cotton mouth and I got an elbow on you, just breathing on you. Like, let's go. If you want to get out of here, let's get out of here. You, uh, your girlfriend's probably texting you. All, all the parties are happening. You know, you're, you're just tormenting them with, uh, I bet you got homework and you got to get your hours in. Oh man, you probably got to get 10 hours this week. And you, oh. you're stuck here with me. You didn't get your hours in. Coach is going to, and you're torn. And now they're like, oh shit, I really got shit to do. And they're trying to get up and, there's nope that's we're crazy gonna we're gonna lay here and i felt that on him so i knew <laughs> i knew like bro you people don't forget 
People don't forget. Right. You remember that day when you walked in? You remember that day? I was already there. I was yeah. when I won Junior World Championships. When I won the Junior World Championship, we took 10 athletes to China, Beijing, China. 10 athletes. He was our 110-pound wrestler on that. Oh, really? We took 10 athletes, all nine athletes. No, eight of our 10 athletes when we went to the World Championships went 0-2. Didn't want to match. We took them all the way to China, and they went 0-2, eight of them. No kidding. He went 1-2. He went one and two as a one hundred and ten pounder. He went one and two and, hmm. and ended up losing. America took tenth in the country in the world at those junior world championships. I had ninety eight of their points. We took tenth <laughs> as a country. I went five and zero. Oh. oh wow! The junior world championships was carried on my back the year he was a hundred and ten pounder and only won one match. He watched me rise to glory with seven. There's eight championships. Oh, so you just had such champions. a so mental. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. were just planted yeah, so well, deep. This is inception brother. level. Yeah. Inception level yeah, planted into his mindset. I cradled you. I physically, <laughs> literally cradled you. Stop playing with me, boy. Don't come here thinking that you, the David Taylor, that these people don't hype you up to be. You're right. now a car without gas going up a hill that is not going to be stopped. I got seven yeah. minutes. I have not won the tournament yet. I've been in the national finals as, as a true sophomore. I've been in it. I've been in I, and I have not won the tournament yet. I've been a finalist in all the divisions that I've ever competed in, but I have not won the biggest tournament that there is, the third toughest tournament of all to win. Wow. Yeah, and then you pin him. Not even like, you just pin him. It's, so, it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm, I'm going to link to that. How, how are you on time, man? I know we've been going for a little while. Are, are you good? Can I ask you a couple questions? I know yeah, the kids are... We're good. We're good. Well, so... so no one's uh, crying. That means no one's dying. We're good. Okay, man. All right. I'm going to have to have you back at some point. No one's dead, so... That's exactly... Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know that also all too well. Um, well, here's... here's I, I really have two questions for you, but the first one... So, incredibly accomplished wrestler... You come off a national championship, right? To your point, bringing it back to the beginning of the podcast, if there had been a draft, like you are the top MMA draft pick at that time, right? Incredible rest. You can see my control uh, as the my athleticism and my athleticism and and my demeanor. They know that I'm I'm I'll, I'll hit something. <laughs> they know that so, I'll, I'll get yeah. Credit. So what what was that what was that transition like uh, to MMA? Because now you have to pick up the striking skills. So. What does that process look like for you as an athlete? Had you already been working on your striking historic? Well, and I'll even ask you, had the plan for you always been to go into MMA? No. Or is that an opportunity that kind of presented itself? It presented itself when I started looking at like the the overall look of what my wrestling is going to take me. Um, okay. Jared Ogic said something to me that actually resonated when we were going through that little fight and that little beef. You know, he's like, I'm going to be in the NFL. And what are you going to be? You know, because he was trying to compare the fact. I was like, yo, I smashed your chicken. You mad about it. And he was trying to compare the fact that, like, yo, I'm going to be in the NFL making millions of dollars. What are you going to be? You're going to be someone's assistant coach somewhere. And it like, hmm. it was like, yo. And it carried with me, like, to the point of like, yo, 
I'll never be an assistant coach. <laughs> and like when people have offered me a job and stuff like that, and like, yo, you're the great, you're a great wrestler. And I have, I have done, um, for one dude, I did an assistant coaching and it paid me so much, so much that I like, I put my pride aside, but also the, was that the UFC, is that the UFC, uh, when you did the, uh, with John Jones, that was another time. Oh, that was another time. Okay, I yeah. I was an assistant coach. I was John Jones' main wrestling coach at that time. Right. That's okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, and that was for the uh, the Ultimate Fighter. Check my resume, <laughs> head wrestling coach. Come on. Yeah. Which thank I you. Come on. Do your do your. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna let our producer have it for not getting that right. <laughs> 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 yeah. Tell him. Tell him. Exactly. But no, it was it was uh it was a time, but that thing that he said to me kind of resonated in the sense that like, yeah, what am I going to do? Am I going to like be done with wrestling, be this great, you know, rebel, have all this historic times and things. I mean, I could write a book. I'm going to write a book. It's going to be awesome seller, but like, what do we do now? I'm going to go around mm-hmm. and get off of what I did in college. Like, what are we doing? But also I was 23 and old on the streets though, dog. 23 and old ain't never lost on the streets on my LeVar ball. Never lost. <laughs> uh, 23 and old. And I felt like, man, if they won't allow me, a reason why they booed me and stuff like that. After I did the celebration, they booed me hard. And, you know, I, I made it a thing. I call it the boo birds. People had shirts that were talking about boo birds. And I said, I wake up to the boo birds. My alarm is set to boo. Boo, boo, you know, because I I loved being that guy. The crowd really got me, you know, ready to like, you know, get off on someone. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the fact that they were booing me and the fact that I had this like chip on my shoulder really led me into like a mindset of like me against the world, me against anything else. So when I got into MMA, that was my mindset. That was, you know, my focus. That was, I'm 23 and 0. I just did everything I could, or I wanted in wrestling. I've beaten Olympic champions. I've beaten world champions. You know, I I recently, this is actually if I recently just got inducted into the African-American wrestling hall of fame. Oh, Um, awesome. I literally got my lapel two days ago. (laughs) So I was pretty, congratulations, man. That's cool. uh, I I was really accomplished and I was just like, man, I'm done with it. I want to be the, the entertainer and the competitor that I am. I want to compete. I want to beat people up and I want to entertain. Yeah. and wrestling my mom i had i had i know nate parker who's also who's a hollywood comedian not a hollywood he's a hollywood star um and he was telling my mom you know if he comes to hollywood you know i'm gonna get him a role out we'll work together you know I'll, I'll have him working with me and things like that he's worked with denzel and he wrestled at penn state and went to oklahoma oklahoma and, and oh he, cool nate parker is a big uh actor in in, in hollywood he did rent mm-hmm. He did glory he did um the great debater uh, but he was someone that my mom was like man well after we go to college why don't we go into this acting modeling thing got a good physique you speak right well, right right elegant you know you elocute well you can do all these different things you just lose this just use this education and and i was just like i gotta compete i gotta i gotta have that itch i gotta compete you can compete with these other actors you know that's competing against myself that ain't competing against them and, yeah. and, and i got to a place of tito ortiz called me and Kind of no, no way. Convinced me to like, you know what? Take a trip out to California after I was at ATT for a little bit. After I decided to go to MMA, and when I was at Arizona State, my coach Brian Stiff, his roommate yeah. was Kane Velasquez. <laughs> so it's kind of like it kind of like cemented me being at Arizona State and them talking such a big tradition of all the fighters that come out of 
Arizona State, C.B. Dalloway, and, you know, Cain um, Velasquez, uh, Brian Bader, and all these other people who, you know, were there around the campus. And once I became national champion, they were like, oh, welcome to the club. But even though they knew I was a Nittany Lion, you know, it was more like, you know, you represented for Arizona State for that one time you did. So we appreciate that. So that kind of push and that kind of love from guys who I considered, oh, you know, big in the game yeah. was, was a little bit of push of like, you know what? Yeah, this MMA thing is I'm already here in Arizona. Arizona. It's MMA on the East Coast. It's not as big. You don't see gyms. You don't see people fighting on the West Coast. MMA. You can't. You can't drive five miles without running into another gym or another jujitsu this or another that or something. Right. So, you know. And then I thought about the fact that like I can charge people to coach them in wrestling after I learn what MMA is about, you know, after I mm. learn how to fight, then I can teach people how to throw your punches and work your way into shots and work your way into good, you know, things. So after I started being successful at it myself, I'm like, yo, there's a whole career behind, you know, I'm, I'm charging, great point. I'm charging people 5% to coach them in wrestling when they're making $500,000. Right. You know saying? Well, you, that's such a great point too, because it. it's, I got, like one, talk- I got one fighter fighting for the championship where they get paid $2 million, but they got to run me my 5%. I just made 5% of $2 million off of one person for one night. And if right. I have a roster of 20 fighters. It scales out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's oh, Jared Audrey. <laughs> Come on, Jared. You know, we'll get Jared on the podcast. We'll get this. <laughs> well, it's, you're right though. It's like, you're, cause your resume from a wrestling standpoint I mean, you could stop today and it's cemented mm-hmm. national champion. You know what I mean? Like world champion, like that's in the books. Um, and so it's like, you could probably do that today if you wanted. Right. But you've had a really accomplished MMA career to this point. Um, and I'm excited to see where you're, where you're going from here. But wh- you know, what was that transition like to MMA fighter? Like wh- where was the big gap? Like, had you, had you had any sort of striking background or did you kind of have to like learn that as like a new, it was, that was the biggest thing, street fight and being able, um, I was a street fighter, so I didn't know how to really strike. I, it, it was straight up like, ah, you know, you square up, nigga, square up. <laughs> with, the weird kind of, with the weird kind of stances and stuff, you know, you see that guy that be doing that. <laughs> so the right, right, right. Guy, so it was all street fighting, but I was a really good wrestler. So the moment I grabbed your ass, it was real, it was the real deal, but I had to understand my, my entry level to, to enter into that gap of uncomfortability where we stand between two people and, you know, you want to slap box them, you want to hit them, but you also don't want to be hit, but you know, you want to mm. take them down, but you don't want to be kicked or need. And, you know, you leave with your head. So there's different things and uppercuts that he's showing you that may hurt, you know? So the transition from wrestling to MMA was understanding one, landing your takedowns because jujitsu is a play, a play. So landing with security, landing with understanding, not having your neck out, not not being exposed. Right. So landing and takedowns from guillotines and the, and the reason why jujitsu guys beat us. So you got to figure out why wrestlers lose to jujitsu guys. And you got to yeah. figure out why wrestlers lose in general. And the only reason why the wrestlers lose is because they have no ability to strike. Once you can strike, you can do what you want. Hmm. take them down with an understanding of where you are and awareness then the jiu-jitsu guys can't beat you either because our type of control is anti-naturally anti-jiu-jitsu dominate positions because we're wrestling and it's a dominating thing jiu-jitsu is a submissive let you go into traps kind of thing so naturally 
when we see the traps and know the traps, we dominate through things. You're letting us go through traps, but we're not getting trapped. So you're letting us run through you naturally because that's how you're taught. And we're naturally taught to run through. So therefore, when we get the understanding of a jiu-jitsu minded person, you can right. run through that. So when you strike like a boxer or a kickboxer and you start to become this athlete, this mixed martial artist, yeah. you really start to evolve into the main person they think about when they think about someone who can become MMA. They think yeah. about someone who will take you down and absolutely beat the hell out of you, but they can survive and throw some good punches on their feet. So do you like, do you identify like certain, um, you know, like you, we brought up jujitsu, like you have the wrestling, you have, the, you, you've developed the striking and who you're working with now that you're in Vegas. I think we did this before we started recording. Um, and dry yeah. Stuff. Robert, yeah. Drysdale. Robert Drysdale's renowned for his jiu-jitsu. Dewey Cooper is a Hall of Famer and renowned for his striking. Every big fight or all the big MMA fights, um, Francis Ngongu, you see the guy with long jaw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that's Dewey Cooper. Um, awesome. So, okay, so I think you just said it too, right? So it's so now you, you do do your jiu-jitsu striking and then you've got your wrestling is is it that is that kind of like the three pillars of training for you gotta have some ability to throw knees and elbows because those are cuts those were in fights early those will get you not having to do the whole 15 minute round i mean the whole five minute round or or five fives you know when yeah, you yeah. one that affects their, their thinking you you i don't look at the sport of I, I look at it differently i'm a i'm an art of war kind of guy so i think of okay mm. if i take him down and i cut him in the first that's going to be something he has to deal with for all, the whole time i don't think about take him down and then punch him up and then i think about like how do what is the art of winning how do i get him out of here if I yeah. cut him and I try to stick my fingers in his head while I'm wrestling him and a referee saying, oh, he can't see, he can't see because there's too much blood. They're going to call the flight. I'm going to get right. my fifth W I'm money's in. Yeah, I'm going to give him a, a bag. Right. So it, it's part of the sport to figure out how to defeat this person. If I yeah. break his arm, whether he taps or not, if I snap his arm, they're yeah. going to call the fight. Is that against right. the rules? No, that that's him not seeing that his arm is manipulated and me saying, okay, take it or break it. You know, and sometimes with money on the line or consequences, pride, nation, culture, things on the line, a lot of people don't tap, a lot of people don't do those things. So, you know, it's a different sport, especially when people are fighting, like Russians are fighting for culture. The Irishmen are fighting for culture. Brazil is fighting for culture. Americans are fighting for validation and mm. because they're bored, you know, but other people are fighting to get out. You know, yeah. Nigeria is fighting to get out. Africa is fighting to get out. America, not a lot of us is fighting to get out. You know, I could huh. That's amazing. So, so you meet so, the world in the cage. You know, this guy could be fighting to literally feed his family while this guy's fighting to validate his karate career. Yeah. Different um, reasons of why. And you only get half your check if you win. Dude, I love I love watching MMA. And uh, you know, kudos to my wife for thinking that I'm 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 the toughest man on the planet. And she's like, well, how are you doing that? And I'm like, Sonia, I'm like, you don't even want to see what would happen. Okay. I am. So, so, what did someone said this? I, I, I'm an in shape sheep. In other words, like I, I look good walking around, but oh, I do, I do not want to get in a situation with someone brother, like you who knows what they're doing. My brother is a bodybuilder. So like yeah. he looks 
how I actually am on the inside. Like he's, right. all, he's, he's all ripped up. And like, so when we've got, grown up together, everyone would always hit him first and I would just crush people, you know, and it, I never got <laughs> sucker punched my brother because he's a little bit bigger. Always got sucker punched or hit first. Want to take him down. And when we finally got bigger, I was like, yo, you built, you built for show. I'm built to go. <laughs> you built exactly. So I'm built to go. Cause I mean, he's all jacked up, you know? So it, that was one of the things, but getting hit, you never get used to it. You know, you never get, yeah. used to it. you have to get used to it. The thing about starting and wrestling is you could be doing your wrestling thing and you're getting smacked on and popped on and no, Knowing that maybe a couple of these might put your lights out or knowing a couple of these might close your eyes or or make you mm. look different in the middle of it. The deterrent to wanting continuously to fight for whatever you're doing wrestling wives when you have the option of maybe getting out of that and swinging for the fences, hopefully hitting his chin. The, the concept of sticking to the craft and the mixed martial artists and, and, and being okay with being interrupted by punches where you're trying to punch someone, they're punching you, you know, getting that concept down and those things, those, that was probably like a lot of the biggest learning ability, learning uh, hills that you got to climb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine, man. It, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I played football. I know what it is to get rocked. But you get a chance, you get to dust yourself off, you know, yeah. what is it, 30 seconds and you yeah. get to re, like do MMA, it's yeah. nonstop. Um, you, and then you know, to your point, you, that, you, know, you get that, you, you've gotten a stinger before for sure. Oh, you yeah. Football, yeah, you yeah, get yeah. that stinger and it's like running through your body, but you like everyone around you knows you got a stinger so you can like, oh, he's got a stinger, chill out, sit on the ground. I've gotten kicked in the head, you know, moving around, got kicked in the head and it's hit and it gets to that nerve. And I, I got a stinger in the middle yeah, you, of like this dude knowing that he just hurt me. So he's like, uh, oh, shit, I hurt him. It's not like, oh, he's got a stinger or I just concussed him. Uh, let him sit down. It's finish, you know, finish him. Yeah. in my earlier days in the gym, not just in the fights, but in the gym, it was like that. And some of these gyms, you, you, there's guys that are in there from other gyms just to come kill or just to come hmm. rock, just to come. I, I train at this gym for all my time. Let me come here and spar with these guys who don't know each other. They don't, they, I mean, it's a doggy dog world, especially at the big cities, Vegas, LA, you know, that you, you can get who's who. I seen that guy fight on TV. He come in and you trying to spar and you're like, well, I don't know you from Adam, but <laughs> let's get it on. You know, the, it, it's weird. So, you know, stuff like that can happen. So there are times where you've had wars in the gym where uh, you know, your name's on the line. You know, that's Papa Jenkins over there sparring with. So, oh shit, he just got hurt. Go, you know. So right, a, right, right, right. And that, it should that, be. That, it, that. And it shouldn't have to be. Get you shouldn't be in those situations because it's training. Yeah, you're you prepping for the up. ultimate you war, but it's like your name's um, on the line. You know that I'm champion. I'm like I said. I'm a tu I get tutored. I get. I get, you know, I call people up and we go do our private thing. And then I go to sparring that's laced up for me with guys that are good for different things. But yeah. when it comes to um, working from contender to from being from prospect to contender, you got to go through those wars and those that are not good for you, but there are some that are good for you. There's some that you got to learn. You, I mean, it's part of the process of like, man, if you, by the time you become champion, you've had some wars in the gym where you went yeah. home. Yeah. And your head was not in the right place. <laughs> oh, dude, it's crazy. Okay, so yeah, so so currently champion, brave uh, CF. Now going to the professional fight league, million yep. bucks on the line. As soon as that uh, that league opens back up next February. February, they said they're going to open up. Awesome, uh, man. So for right for now, you, oh, go ahead. Fighters. Wait, say that again. 
so right now I'm just coaching UFC fighters. I got a couple girls in the roster and a couple guys that I coach and, you know, just do privates like that. I actually just got a head coaching job at the um, returning state champions here. Um, so, I, man, I'm dabbling with trying to not only bring wrestling, my style of wrestling to Nevada and in this community, but also build something for like the young black kids all across America. You know, once I build a, a nice station of, of club style wrestling, you know, with today's social injustices and things like that and me always being a black man and feeling like man yeah i could have done football but i'm there's a lot of a lot of a lot of things that play yeah i could have done basketball a lot of things that play but the thing that i didn't notice was a way out was wrestling and there are a lot of uh, african-american people or a lot of people from our community that don't see that avenue out not just wrestling but like you said mma mixed martial arts after that so i wanted to kind of build clubs and do some things like that to like help those yeah, man communities if i build a wrestling club in chicago and and i had instead of them doing gang rivalries we can do boxing nights and you know you was talking shit he was talking shit y'all grab the gloves let's let's get this mma wrestling boxing thing on instead of us you know killing all all, all of each other you know what i mean like that's, that's yeah now that's just oh nobody cares about colors no more like we over that 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 shit was corny yeah Oh, it's amazing, man. So dude, I, I I can't wait uh, for the professional fight league to, to roll back out. And so how, how old are you now? You're got to be, we're probably about I'm the same ageless. age. 30, 30. I'm ageless, baby. Um, I'm, I'm going to start losing. I'm going to tell people I'm too concussed to remember. That's what I'm going to start telling people. But I'm 32. I'll be 33 next year. But here. How, how do you, how, how do you feel, man? Do you feel like you're at the peak right now? Because it sounds like the skills that you've, you've started, began to build the team that you're putting around you. It sounds like in addition to like the athleticism and the wrestling background that you have, it kind of feels like things are like coming together. Coming together, coming together. Um, you, like you said, you you go from a prospect to a contender to that champion. But like people yep. are like, why aren't you in the UFC? Or why aren't you? I've declined my UFC contract three times. Three times I've declined oh, really? my UFC contract three times. I, they offered me right after I did the John Jones show. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I recently just declined, uh, probably about a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's just, I'm, just I'm, not the right, the right opportunity. I'm a, man, I'm a man built on process. I'm not a man built on the fact that I need the clout or to show mm. people that I'm the best. Or, or you know, I, I'm doing this for a ministry, right? Uh, first, I need to establish myself financially, and yeah, I get it that the UFC will give me an opportunity to do that. But I've made, I gave my word to this organization that also is going to give me a million dollars in five fights. Yeah, ain't offering me a million dollars in five fights, and it's yeah. more than a million dollars. It's it's more than a million dollars, but it's five fights. If I go five and zero, oh, I have changed my entire family's career. But I got a right. three year contract, so if I'm a punter for the Saints and they give me three years, four million as a punter, I'm gonna be like. Let's go. <laughs> but even, even more so as a fighter, I'm like. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, okay. And then the UFC is calling. I'm like, I got time for that. Trust me, I got time for that. Because when I go to the UFC, I'm gonna have power. I'm. I'm not. I. I. I the first time I declined my UFC contracts because I would have went to UFC as a mall cop. I would have went mm. to the UFC as a mall cop with a badge that says I'm the UFC. But when a real criminal came in, a real fighter came in, I would have been like, stop, hold, stay right there, and he would have bust my ass because I'm, you know, I'm a mall cop. But I took my mouth, I took myself around the mountain. I didn't go the easy route. I took myself around the mountain. I did the FBI kind of thing. I went to this way. I did that schooling. I went that way. So now when I tell a motherfucker to stop, my authority is different. When I say stop, yeah. 
you're going to freeze or I'm going to freeze your ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, my authority is different. I, I have the same badge, but my authority will be different. So when I get there, I also have finances to where they can't tell me that I have to fight this guy on this short notice because I need rent. No, I don't need yeah. rent. I need to find me the right matchup, and I have the best agent in the game. Uh, me and Khabib have the same agent. Me, Khabib, Usman, Suhudo. Um, our agent is Ali Abdelaziz. He's my agent who also moved me here to Vegas. So he's my agent. Ah, he's okay. And he's like, yo, I like the way you've been doing everything. He, he just, he signed me last year and, and I've been pretty much my own quarterback for my career this whole time. And he's like, yo, I like oh, the wow. way you've been doing things. I like the way you move. I like the way you speak. I like the way you've handled your career. And I like where you're sitting. Um, you've been getting a lot of first downs though. That's, that's great. Let me get this touchdown for you. I'm a King maker. I, I, I got nine, I got nine world champions. And wow. Like, yeah, uh, I'm I'm down. Let's Okay. He's like move out to Vegas and uh, let's get this let's get this money. So that's the process I'm in, man. I'm here in Vegas. Uh, one of the best agents in the game. I'm hungry. I'm young. I'm sitting out, but I know that it's a process to showing the world what, what we're getting ready for. And when I step on the scene, I'm not worried about the clout that will come because on one day, on Friday, I can have 10,000 followers. And on Saturday, after doing what I know I can do and do what I've been Next doing, word. on Sunday, I'll have 100,000 followers with 17 people calling me for sponsorship, not me crying in the bed thinking I missed something. I'm yeah. built for the longevity. I'm known for the process yeah ah oh, dude i love it man and it's so cool too that it's like it, it seems like you're very calculated in the approach you know what i mean well, it's, it, it's like don't forget i'm a believer in christ so as much as i you know i got this bravado and this i still stay centered on the fact that god's yeah. guiding me. jesus is guiding me I, like they, they you get weird about it and they know well he's talking about it. he speaks to god listen I'm being guided. And at the end of my career, when I write the book, you'll see that there was a certain design to it that I had no part of. And I'm telling you right now, I have no design in it. I'm just being guided and going with the options that I'm given. Yeah. Ah, Bubba, man. I love it. I got to be honest, dude. This is probably one of my favorite ones that I've done today. <laughs> this, this has been a blast, man. And uh, dude, Jesse, Jesse, who set this up at some point, we, we three got to get together and uh, yeah, we gotta do part two. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear. Uh, yeah. And we'll do that one off air. Here's some real stories, but uh, Hey Bubba, man, th thank you so much. I, I can't wait to see uh, what you're about to accomplish here in the next year. Um, for people who do want to follow you today, wh where's the best place for them to find you? Man, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Uh, you just look up Bubba Jenkins MMA and you're going to find me, man. I'm not, I'm really not hard to find. You probably just watched a little naked boy leave. I'm, 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 I'm always at the crib. I'm always at the gym. You know, I, I, I did the, you know, as we talked about the story and we talked about everything we went through, man, I, I'm a family man. Now. I'm a father. I'm a husband. Uh, you know, I got three children and I'm trying to become this financial mogul to where I can help people like myself come up. That's the only, that's all my agenda. What is Bubba doing today? I'm probably doing something with my family. I'm probably doing something with the ministry. I'm trying to probably get my craft ready. I'm trying to focus on the future of, you know, I got business in Ghana, business, business in Singapore, business in, in Bahrain, business in Dubai, business in Ireland. I'm on WhatsApp on five different calls. The King of Ghana, who where my father died at, um, wants to do tons of business with me. So I'm always in this place of like growing. Um, yeah. But you can always find me because I'm humble. I'm transparent. My number has not changed. My the first number I ever got has not changed since fifth grade. So my people who were in my sixth grade class, the girls that I was flirting with, that I gave them my number, they can call me right now and be like, "Is this is this Jesse? Is this Dominic?" And I know by what you call me, how long you've known me. How long you've known me? Yeah. yeah. 
I got I got my middle school name and I got all these other things, but I, I stay the same because, you know, I'm, I'm grounded in the fact that we're all human. You know, we're, we all make mistakes. And if we could just love our common man, know that we all have these same kind of abilities to to want to love each other and want to get our family in a good place to, you know, to sleep in a nice bed, to look out over nice things and drive nice cars. We're all in the same kind of place. If we can stop getting being in this mindset of buckets in a crab, uh, crabs in a bucket and and, and really focus on loving and, 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 and sharing, it comes back to you and understanding who your real source is. I don't take my mind and put too much in, into these everyday resources because I know who my real source is. I don't try to carnally and mentally map out my life because I'm being guided. So it's an easy step yeah. to just be following that. So if y'all want to follow me, just Bubba Jenkins MMA and you'll get to me. You want to call, you want to email. I'm, I'm very easy to reach. I uh, love it, man. We'll do. Well, I'll, I'll link to all of them. I'll make it. I'll make it easier. And I'm. I'm. I'm putting the David Taylor stuff up. I'm getting all that in the show notes. So uh, if you listen Yo, to David this, David Taylor's man, actually wrestling a match today. There's a big. There's a bunch of big stuff going on today in the wrestling community. And anytime they do something, David Taylor, Jordan Bros, the big wrestlers, they always hit me up. So there's some crazy stuff going on. If y'all Good. see, uh, y'all just tag me and stuff. If y'all see anything that mentions Bubba J, and you know, you know, I'm gonna show love to whoever comes show love with me. I follow the people who tell me. To follow them i'll just follow anyone you say follow me i'll follow you but other than that awesome. man, i'm showing love all right buddy well I'll, I'll hit you up well dude thanks bubba man this has been a blast i'll let you get back to the family and uh we will definitely have you back again no doubt <laughs> man i can't wait for the part two buddy and let me know when this drops It'd be awesome then, mommy. you better go ask mommy daddy <laughs> <sighs> all righty welcome to another segment of run it by my wife Thank you. Hello, so happy wife. to be here. <laughs> Thank you for joining. Sure. Uh, so before we start, you don't know this, um, but we actually have to start with a correction. Uh. Uh, Christopher J. Denson actually reached out and wrote to the show and uh, informed me that all chaps are actually assless. Yeah. So there was no need to actually clarify. How, had I said assless pants, <laughs> that would have been appropriate. Uh, so thank you, Chris. We take the integrity of the show very seriously. We appreciate you keeping us honest. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, so on that note, what an entertaining one. I mean, you were not necessary for this <laughs> podcast. He's, he could have spoken by himself the entire time. Uh, yeah, he's got a little bit of charisma. Yeah, he's very entertaining. Oh, I'm telling you, when I went back and watched that David Taylor I wish I had Match. watched that before this. Oh, yeah. Damn it. You should have showed it to me. Okay. We'll watch that. You know, I'll watch it again. You heard how fired up I was. Mm -hmm. But when I watched it, like his post-match interview, I was like, of course, this guy's going to go into MMA. Like he was actually being very respectful. And like you said, he, he was being a good sportsman. Mm -hmm. but like he just had like that energy, that flair, that I think swagger is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. That I'm not surprised at all that when I got on the show with him, that he was that entertaining. Yeah, he really is very entertaining. When this pandemic's over, I'm tracking him down. I'm tracking Jesse down. We're having a beer. <laughs> and that is that. But entertainment aside, I thought that was kind of what I would anticipate, like a, a fighter kind of like mentally like how he needs to operate yeah just like crazy not overconfident but like because like right it's backed it up. up 
But yeah, like there's a lot of MMA guys who are shit-talking and well, shit-talking. Yeah, but like I was gonna say, like accomplished wrestlers. But a lot of them are like, oh, I was an NAIA national champion or I was a division two All-American. All very impressive. But like he was division one national champion. Like as far as wrestling goes in his weight class, as good as it gets. And I'm sorry, and I'm forgetting a world champion. So literally in the world in his weight division. So, you know, Yes, his confidence is warranted, but I just, I've always thought this when I watched UFC or Bellator or any of the MMA, uh, you know, I guess leagues. Like, you must have such an insane amount of confidence to be able to get in a cage where you know the only way out is either basically to get knocked out, tap out (laughs) in front of thousands of people. And now, I mean, he's going to be on ESPN too with, with this newest league that he's in. You know, millions of people. Yeah. Like, you have to have that. You can't walk in there second-guessing yourself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and he said you never get used to getting hit. Right. It's always just as terrible every time. I did think that was interesting because I was – I wouldn't have thought that, actually. Yeah, and you're, like, in your head about it, like, is he going to mess up my face? Am I going to, like – he's going to shut my eye? Yeah. You know? Well, and he brought that up too. I loved his his quote about how for him it's like the art of war. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want to be in there for 15 minutes if he, if he doesn't have to. It's like what is the quickest, the the path of least resistance mm-hmm. to getting this guy out of the ring? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you got to have Muay Thai. I was like, oh, okay. He could have just said that. He's like, yeah, because he's <sighs> like elbows, knees, you need to be able to cut people. He's like, if I can cut somebody. Cut someone, like hit them and they bleed. No, like, yeah, like get a gash in their, in their forehead. Usually it's like right above the eye just because that like, what is it? The orbital bone kind of protrudes and it's always bleeding in those ways. Well, and a lot of times too, these guys have been cut before and it's just, just, yeah, it's just all scar tissue. It just opens right up. But I love that he was like, I'll, I'll poke and prod that thing the whole time because now he's got to worry about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, takeaway number one, we both agree on this one just confidence mm-hmm. but look where it's gotten him yeah you know i think that's something that like everyone can take yeah. it's like whatever you're doing like just other people be damned and like you even said it's not for the validation of men <laughs> but he's just it's like you've got to have confidence that like you're there for a purpose yeah for sure well, i think that kind of ties into something that i took from it is americans are fighting for validation oh yeah or they, they've got something to prove. Whereas like in other places like Russia and Ireland and it's Brazil, culture. it's cultural. Yeah. It's, and then like in like Africa and stuff, it's like trying to get out, trying but to get out. Yeah. In America, it's like, you got something to prove. I know. And, and that's, validation. it's funny because I feel like in America, we tell that narrative a lot. It's like, Oh, basketball was his only way out or yeah. like, you know, yeah. And in, certainly it's true. I'm not saying it's not, but he's like, no, like other parts of the world, like this, it's a different level of like, this is my way to get out. This is my way to feed my family. Yeah. Um, and it's so interesting too, because you would think that that would always like, like that will and that like desire would, would override you know, the need for validation that a lot of like the Americans have, but it's not always the case. Mm-hmm. He said something. I thought this story was one of my favorite parts of the episode. 
the story of him wrestling David Taylor. David Taylor was a freshman. Oh my god, that was so good. Yeah. But like just how it's kind of like a tradition or maybe maybe the right way to say is like a rite of passage mm-hmm. where the upperclassmen, you know, they they put the newcomer in in kind of like a, a disadvantageous position and then they just do not let them go until they can get themselves out of it. Mm-hmm. And he was saying like, he, you know, he just he felt his spirit break. <laughs> he felt rage. He felt him sadness. give up sadness. Yeah. Uh, He's crying. Back to rage. Yeah. But what I loved about it was he told that story, at least the way I took it, not to say like, oh, I dominated this kid. I knew I was going to be able to pin him in the national champion. Like he actually told it from a place of when I did that, I was like, yes. I was like, we're building another champion. Uh-huh. You know, like here comes another great one. Like you. Then he made shirts though. <laughs> With I, the guy crying. Yeah. Well, I think by that point, <laughs> there was, yeah, I think there's by a that, little animosity. I think by that point it was pretty fresh. Yeah. Uh, and the story is absolutely wild. And I Crazy. think, like you said, there probably will be a movie made of it at some point. Yeah. But it was just so cool to me that thought, and we hear this a lot, but like, you know, you kind of need to be broken so that you can be like built back up. Mm-hmm. And they try, we did this in high school basketball, you know, like we, we did this thing where we would go play at like a basketball camp. I probably never told you this. No. We go play in a tournament with like the varsity team and we would sleep in one of the local high school gyms. We would just be on a wrestling mat and everyone have their sleeping bags. I don't know. Someone was dicking <laughs> around. I might've thrown a basketball at somebody and it was like two in the morning and the coach just had had enough. And he was like, tonight's tonight. I'm going to break these guys. The and I, Oh, and we just got on the line at probably two, three in the morning and just at least for an hour just ran us until everyone was puking. Oh my God. We had it coming, but (laughs) it's those kind of moments that like bring a team together. Yeah. It's those kind of moments that like when you push your boundary, like you find out you have a lot more in the tank and you can tap into that at a later date and know that you can survive it. Yeah. But anyways, back to his story. I just, I thought it was so cool that like he had that thought of like, we're building another great one. Yeah. You know, like, well, he mentioned that when the freshmen come in, they're usually in like at least mm. a program like that. They're like the best of the best in their like wherever they're wrestling. So yeah. they're not used to being on the bottom. So, right. Because they've just whooped everyone's ass on the way to Penn State. Yeah. So they don't know how to <laughs> get out once they are. Yeah. No, it's true. So yeah. Because if you've always been that. the aggressor, you've always been in like, yeah, the dominant position. You would never had to build that skill set from the bottom. But like he was saying, in the Big Ten, they had what nine of the top ten wrestlers in the country or whatever it is. So it's yeah. like everybody's a stud. Mm-hmm. Forget just the studs on your team. I mean, you're going against the best, some of the best people in the world mm-hmm. every week. Crazy. Yeah, I love that. I think that's important. Okay. You had some other really good ones. I've got my last one here. Should uh, I jump into that or did you want to hit uh, some of the stuff you had as your... As your notes go away. Well, one of the things I said is I think that you would actually do really, really well in <laughs> MMA. <laughs> I don't think you give yourself enough credit. I would uh, I would love it if you were in the MMA. <laughs> you are my number one fan. You're a great wife. Uh, but no, I would never sign that waiver to get in the ring with one of these assassins. 
They're assassins. You could be an assassin, though, if you're trained up. Yeah, if I had years of training. I feel like I could be an assassin. Yeah, you're a pretty scary person. Because <laughs> I've got, like, the crazy factor. Yeah, you do have the crazy factor. <laughs> when I was in college, one of the... Bar, what are the oh, people boy. that are in the... the bouncers? Key, bouncer. One of the bouncers at a local college bar asked if he could train me in the ring. <laughs> what? Yeah. I've never heard that. <laughs> yes, you have. No? He wanted to train you? For boxing, yeah. Oh, my... Well... <laughs> You'd probably, you have a heck of a reach. I have really long arms. Actually, you'd be a fantastic boxer. <gasps> yeah, I know. Your arms are almost as long as mine. It's embarrassing to say. Yeah. And you don't have short arms, do you? I just have really no, I don't long think so. limbs. Yeah, you got long limbs and big old hands. Yep, big hands. You're a breeder. I th- You haven't acknowledged that we're doing this live on Instagram, oh, by the way. Oh, jeez. Holy like, moly. It's weird that we're... <laughs> Well, yeah. Okay. So we're and on now Facebook you're pretending live. that you forgot. I did forget actually, because I was nervous at the beginning and then I got comfortable and then it's, you brought it back to my attention. Life. Yeah. We're trying something new. So this is the first week. We didn't tell anybody. This is like a, what's it called when a store, dry run. a dry run or like a soft dry, opening, soft opening. Yeah. It's a soft opening. We didn't tell anybody. We don't know if anyone's actually watching, but the game plan is we're actually going to start uh, on Instagram live broadcasting the run it by my wife section. So if you're a fan of the show, for the episodes. what's that a little teaser for that little episodes. teaser, little teaser. Yeah. I mean, the plan is to get more of this. We're eventually we're going to get the whole thing up on YouTube, but uh, hey, mm-hmm. if you're lonely on a Saturday night, well, we're, we're not going to do it on bring, Saturday nights. Bring Ken and Sonia into the room. Mm. we're gonna pick a better (laughs) night than saturday night to do this going forward i don't know we're gonna honestly like let's are we really ever gonna be able to do this on a schedule will our kids ever allow that we're gonna be doing this at like tuesday at 6 a.m people can be like why are you going live like that's the only time we could do it yeah we're gonna iron this out we're not we're not gonna have this discussion on here right now. okay fine you're right Anyways, Insta- we'll figure it out and we'll let everybody know. Instagram live, folks. Now, next next week, if, if all went well this week, we're going to let folks know so you can uh, watch it in real time. See behind the scenes. Back to Bubba. Mm-hmm. God, this one's all over the place. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. That was a good call out. I missed it. The last one that I thought was really interesting. He has been offered to be in the UFC three times. Yes. Which, by the way. That was cool. That he's like, no, my craft is not honed yet. Yes. That's what I think is so important. And, and like I said, I mean, he was the head wrestling coach, which he was very quick to correct me. I know. I'm the, our producer is going to. Yeah, our producer. is going to just. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, oh, my God, you, you're such a loser. Check the notes. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're looking. It's hard to get Kenny's good help. Kenny's the producer. It's hard to get good help. But yeah, I thought, you know, because he was the head wrestling coach. John Jones is arguably the greatest MMA fighter of all time. Right. If. I, I would say on the Mount Rushmore, mm-hmm. he's un, unequivocally on there. Most yeah. people would probably agree with that, right? And he was the head totally. wrestling coach, like, and he's training UFC fighters. Uh, and I'd wondered that too. I was like, huh? Like, I was like, one, I wonder if he has ambition to be in the UFC and when he's going to do it. And he was like, no, I've been offered. And it was, again, third time was weeks ago. But he knew, even though his wrestling was elite, he had other areas of his game that he wanted to perfect. Yeah. And maybe perfect is too strong of a word because I mean, just these martial arts, it's like the mastery required, you know, I don't know if you ever perfect it, but he knew that he had like blind spots in his game that he needed to build up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because his vision is like to be champion. Yeah. Like his, his goal is not get to the UFC. Yeah. He already knows he's good enough to get, it's like he wants to dominate it it's yeah which is just you know that's it's 
I don't know if I have a very eloquent way of saying this, but it's like sometimes even when your dream might be presented to you, you have to have like the Mm self-awareness to be able to say like, not yet. Yeah. Even though I'm being granted this opportunity, like now is not the right time. Mm -hmm. Thinking about NFL, that's why like when they draft these rookie quarterbacks, number one, the the whole conversation for the whole year He's like, do you start him? Does he play? Like, mm-hmm. do we put him in over Ty Detmer? <laughs> People are listening like, nice Ty Detmer reference. But it's because <laughs> if you put them in there too early when they're not ready, you can ruin the rest of their career. Yeah. Because their confidence gets shot. They get injured. They, like, they, can, they get the yips. They can never get out of it. You know? It's yeah. like, but the guys who get the time to, like, sit in the wings, learn, um, be the understudy, like those are the guys that more often than not end up really flourishing. And it sounds like he he's been very calculated in how he's done that for his own career. Mm-hmm. And the guy the the team that he's put around himself is freaking awesome. By the way, yeah. And so I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm excited to see what. Oh, I wish I wish the professional fight league. I didn't have to wait till February, but he's probably a little <sighs> more anxious than I am. Uh, <laughs> I just want instant gratification. Don't we all? After that podcast, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's been, he's been working on his craft for years and I had one conversation and I'm like, come on, I'm ready now. <laughs> That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, did you have anything else? You had a couple really good ones. I think I said them all. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I think. That's pretty good. I said everything I had to say. Yeah. He is, uh, he's wild. Oh my God. He was so fun to listen to. Yeah, I know. And the guy that made that introduction, Jesse Wagner, Jesse, if you're listening, thanks buddy. Also wild (laughs) (laughs) and about to be a doctor saving lives. Yeah. Which just kind of makes me lose faith in the whole system. If I can be honest. (laughs) You don't mean that. No, I don't. Jesse's actually brilliant. Um, So I'm I'm glad that he's doing that as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So next week. Nice save, Kenny. Yeah, I mean it. Uh, we've got another really good one next week. I am super pumped about the guest and I'm not even going to tease who it is because I'm going to roll it out next week. But, uh, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and a review. Uh, and we've been getting some requests for guests. If you have someone that you would love for us to speak to, uh, shoot us an email, go to kengunter.com or you can shoot us an email at, uh, isn't it? P-R-O-F dot, dot athlete dot podcast at gmail.com. Is there a Go to KenGunter.com. Hit contact. It's Kenny, way easier. How do you not know your email? Because <laughs> I send them. I'm not sending them to myself. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. All right. Let's wrap this up. This has gone on for too long. The Facebook, the Instagram live is making it tough for me to focus. I don't like all the pressure. All righty. No one's watching. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no one's watching. All right. Thanks, everybody, if you're still listening. And uh, we will see you next week. See you next week. All right. Bye. Now you have to go awkwardly walk over and turn it off. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I wonder if anyone's even watching.